Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Billy alongside my critique and partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is our much-needed return <laughs> to the mic yeah. with this latest episode of BS Beats and Bailey. Yes, folks, it's been how much? Two, three weeks since our last podcast, which, by the way, yeah, well, okay. um, is one of my favorites thus far, you know, where we did um, that collaboration with Wayne Rock on... Um, right. On the Fast and Furious franchise, including the Fate of the Furious, which is still in theaters, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Yep. Um, but you know, basically, just to make a long story short, there's been like a, a dry spell in terms of like um, theatrical right, two, releases. Well, two, two, yeah, two main factors. Two main factors: the dry mm-hmm. spell, which wouldn't have really affected things because um, it had a lot of TV to, to catch up on. But yes, yes. the real reason, I think, was real reason was it had an unfortunate situation with me. I got some stuff robbed. My house was robbed. Unfortunately, which is yeah. like really, 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 really unlikely, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. anyway, but but but, but so you're, you're, I lost you're alive. My... Yeah, you're alive, basically. Yeah, yeah, like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. Could... Yeah, but you I have some now that you could use and... to do recording with, basically. So that's right. I lost much my... it anyway. I lost some. Yeah, I lost some recruitment that was crucial to the show. Uh, so I had to. That took a week off, and I had to deal with police and all that stuff. So anyway. Yeah. So that's that. Right, um, anyway, but there's a bunch of great TV shows I caught up on. Yeah, uh, we we uh, ha- we basically have a lot of TV to talk about because there's been a lot. Yeah, of... there's a ton of TV that just yeah. came back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just to catch up on, just a bunch of things. So just mention, and then just Netflix shows and stuff that I gave a chance and I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're gonna start with what you wanna start with. Is but yeah. some stuff you watch, some stuff I watch. Uh, right. All of us, we didn't watch everything together. Yeah, so so anyway, basically, um, well, with regards to TV, because we also have movies to talk about, um, with regards yeah. to TV, um, well, I know you have promised us a review of season two of um, The Expanse, which unfortunately I haven't yes. gotten around to watching because I was just kind of stuck halfway with the first season of Expanse. And like, right. I was getting into it, to be honest, but it's really one that I have, I, I, I can't really watch it like day by day i have to kind of bend no yeah it's, it's a slug I, i'll admit i'll admit but we'll talk about that because i talked about this in the in the first season um yeah. but you want to like go through this review now uh, uh well we we'll get to that but you just want to mention okay. just what we what we're going to talk about um on right yeah with me now i'm going to talk about the highly popular um netflix tv series 13 reasons why um it's been one that a lot of people have been talking about since it came out um i believe it was Right, on March 31st, and I've been yeah. seeing this all over my Facebook wall. There's people just talking about, you know, this show and this show and this show, and then I finally saw it for myself. And then right after I saw it, right, uh, you know, there was all these articles about the controversy surrounding it and, you know, if it's really a, a great show and whatnot. So I'll, I'll get into that right. briefly. Um, also on Netflix, there was uh, Bill Nye Saves the World, 
which was right. a show yes. that I I didn't expect. But of course, it stars you know yeah Bill Nye and we I'll, I'll I'll talk about my my history with with Bill Nye and how you know my my response to the show basically. Uh, also with with Netflix, there was the um, much anticipated TV adaptation of the pretty much in the 2014 film Dear White People. Yeah, really speaking smart, of yes, yes, social satire and you know the controversy around that. Well, I know there was there was controversy with the movie, not yeah. that big or, or widespread, but um, haven't heard that much in terms of the TV series. But um, we both saw it, so we'll just share our thoughts on that. Right. And um, getting into movies, there were two that we actually saw. Um, the first being Colossal, which was a movie that right. um, I really <coughs> wish came down to theater so I could actually get to see that big screen yes. experience. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it didn't. Yep. And then on the subject of big screen experience, we managed to see, well, actually last night at the time this recording, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which pretty much yep. officially begins the summer blockbuster season yes. of yes. 2017. So we saw it in glorious 4k we'll get to that um <laughs> later on uh, and and we'll share our thoughts on on that film. glorious yes, glorious so let's start off with um oh yes and before we start we have to pay acknowledgement to the um, passing of uh director jonathan demi right yeah, who, who passed away um april 26th of, 20, of this year um for those who don't know he directed um probably two of the most popular movies of the early 90s first being the silence of the lambs oscar winner one of the greatest movies of all time um you know gave us clary Sterling, which is probably one of the greatest heroines sorry yeah one of the greatest um heroines ever put to 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 film and philadelphia which i knew was um won a couple of awards i'm not sure which ones yeah yeah yeah, just excuse me but um, I remember, well, just to jump into it, I remember seeing that like probably twice and I was actually blown away by both Denzel's and um, Tom Hanks' performance. Tom Hanks really stole the show for me, you know, being this yeah. um, this yeah. this guy who was suffering from AIDS and just that um, yeah. that criticism and just being that, that sort of uh, verbal abuse that he was experiencing at his workplace and all that kind of yeah. drama. But to me, really, the, 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 the show that stuck out the most in terms of his um, film, uh, filmography, sorry, was... Silence of the Lambs. Right. You know, um, it, it's, and yes, like I said before, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And it is widely regarded as one of the best horrors, even though, like, when you kind of think about it, it's more thriller than horror, but just the way how right. he just managed to, to, to blend those two genres together and just really make us feel rather unnerved by what was going on. You know, that's, 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 that, that's a sign of a, of a true great director. Yeah. Um, right. And he also directed films such as Swing Shift. Which I've heard about, but I never saw um, something wild, married to the mob, and quite recently, well, actually back in two thousand eight, Rachel getting married. None of which I've so- okay. uh, I've seen actually. Never I saw, saw Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia, unfortunately. But I wish I could have right. seen more of it, more of his movies. But you know, for what it's worth, though, great body of work, and you know, he will be dearly missed in regard with regards to um with regards to American um, cinema. Uh, any right. any thoughts on Jonathan Demi yeah or, no it's, you know. it's a you know yeah it's a big loss to film in general I, but the thing is it happened so a while ago so I forgot <laughs> yeah it's two weeks now yeah, R- yeah right. r- r- so, roughly that it's it's unfortunate right uh, uh, yeah no Silence of the Lambs is a true classic I mean Buffalo Bill and <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, and you know the, the subject of that I was I like, like I was I was surprised by the controversy that went around with that because 
um, like yeah. a bunch of LGBT supporters were turned off by the fact that you know Buffalo Bill was this psychotic gay man and all, well you know transsexual and all right. that kind of thing you know? and you know they were, they were, they were turned off by it now, but remember this is like back in 91 now, you know what I mean and that was just a big thing now. I don't know if it if right. the controversy still holds to this day but I mean come on uh, Jodie Foster come on hey right yeah and um, well I just had to mention this too also um yeah, boy, the passing away of local. When I say local, I mean Trimbegonian actor Brett Benjo- um, Bengochia. Right. Yeah, uh, who who passed away right. roughly one week before the time of this recording here. Um, he drowned, and um, well, I, I think yeah, like two right, of his right, friends right. were there, oh, right. tried to resuscitate him. Uh, traffic, yeah. right? Yeah, he he was the the, the the villain basically, the antagonist in traffic. Um, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, and he was also in the pilot episode of the apartment which i wow. saw both on big screen and on local on 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 the small screen actually he was also right. in a story about wendy too which i haven't seen but i saw the first one but um kind of forgot about that but i haven't seen a story about wendy too so i can't really say there but um just to talk briefly about it i didn't even know about his death till like roughly before the day was done somebody whatsapp me the news and um honestly right. like i haven't met him personally but i know a lot of people in the Trimbegonian film industry who have worked with him and who have like met him and you know they all they, they all agree that you know he is a great you know a great man and whatnot and you know just hearing about his death was was really was really shocking and to right. me what what really makes it all the more ironic is that you know within our small film world here our film society here yeah, we we acknowledge this guy's death but to everybody else it's just like Oh, who's this guy? Oh, you use a bodybuilder. Okay, we are gonna show it was traffic. Well, I see traffic, so I don't know. I don't really care. You know what I mean? So, so that, that it was right. just kind of funny to me because, like, you know, um, with like how I say with Jonathan Demi, you know, the whole world be like, yeah, he's the guy who did Philadelphia. Oh, he did that. Wow, you know, right. R.I.P. Right. And you know, um, he did Sazie Lance. Wow, R.I.P. But you know, to Brett, it's like, oh well, he's trying to show what was traffic. I haven't seen it. I don't know. So and right. then yeah. well, just to close off here, you know, to me. Well, from uh, as far as I can remember, actually, this is like the first time I'm hearing of a local actor dying of non-natural causes. Like uh, that, I've never right. seen that in my life. Now, or heard of that. So this was right. really shocking and really, really heartbreaking. Though, so yeah, rest in peace, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we could jump in into um, TV shows. So. Um, we could right. jump in into sci-fi's The Expanse, which I said I yes. haven't gotten into season two because you know of how of how laborious to me it felt going through season one. I, I'm not saying that season one was terrible, but I, it's it just needed to grip me a little bit more. But I'm not saying that it's a terrible series. I know you love it, so uh, I just want to know right. if the season two it is, was it it is one of those those series because everything's so reasonably grounded and I put grounded in quotes because there have a couple moments in season two that they kinda they kinda somewhat derp on um when it comes to the, <laughs> okay. the science. But yeah. Right. Um this series is kind of a breath of fresh air for me. As I said, you know, it's it really itching the scratch, you know, it'll make the joke. Um itching the scratch or scratching the itch as you say. Um when it comes to a kind of reasonably grounded humanistic science fiction. Uh the last time we had something like this was um, Galactica. Battles of Galactica. Right. A little bit, yeah. Uh, and then I'll say, you know, to a certain extent, um, Firefly. Yeah. Uh, it's that. It's it's scratching that itch. I, won't think, I don't think it's as good as either of those shows. But 
it's up there and for some people it's it's better because of how grounded everything is yeah. and again i put grounded in quotes because some of the plot reveals kind of stretch things out a little bit and right. then a couple events that occur in the in the narrative at least a foot around the plot didn't make a lot of sense actually when you think about it and you could have like thought that out a little better right. and even they you know had the mere culpa for that there's one particular scene in season two that a lot of people complain about but they themselves kind of acknowledge it long before it came out and was edited um but they had to put it out anyway um so that's anyway season two really follows up from the events of season one uh mm-hmm. if you would follow if you would follow any season one you realize that they reveal uh the big thing and it's something called the proto molecule okay uh this thing is basically what is it's essentially alien in origin so because the most of the characters and humans operate within the solar system it's it's considered as extra solar so it's right. not extraterrestrial because you know everybody's extra, most of the characters are extra, extraterrestrial anyway. Yeah, um, it's yeah. extra solar, meaning outside of our solar system, meaning aliens. Um, but we're not sure what it is, and it, it clearly manipulates and, and tampers with the DNA of humanity. And it's to the point where it seems to be conscious. So what's going on is you had a big event at the beginning of the season. I don't want to spoil that because it's pretty goddamn awesome. Um, something really big happens to a certain character, also pretty goddamn awesome. And then the rest of the season is sorting this new, essentially, well, everybody's shooting like a weapon because it's like the new nuke, the new, right. new nuclear weapon to these people. Um, yeah, and then the events of that play itself out. They introduce a bunch of great characters. Um, they introduce a, a Asian guy who's a, like a botanist. Great character. Um, mm. they, they probably the big standout for this season for me was um, the, the Amos character. Um, why, why I say that is because, and well, it's, it's really, it's another show. I'm gonna talk about um, the I forget the actor's name. I'm trying to think about it right now. He's uh, shit. What's his name? But Amos Burton, West Cheetah. Right. West Cheetah is the actor. <coughs> Sorry. Um, he. Why? Why the reason I look up him? Because A, he's a cool character. But B, the actor since since um, Hugh Jackman is retired as Wolverine, I will put him in the running for the new Wolverine because he has a good look. Ah, to play okay, that, in okay. my opinion. Ah, uh, you, you the, the mean in terms of, of like uh, body size or his body face? type, body type and size and and the look. He could totally pull off the look. Um, you know, you just have to give him a pair, a cigar, and a, a pair of mutton chops, and he should be alright. Um, okay. That's the person I'll choose. And then the second person, second person I'll choose is this main star of um, the Leftovers. He, I think, is a good good casting if they were to replace Wolverine. Uh huh. That guy, yeah, um, shit, what's his name again, boy? Uh, Justin Toro? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't seen him in, in, a, in a long while, though. Um, he's but he, in, he's in, the star yeah. left with us. Oh, oh yeah, okay, Justin okay, Toro. Okay. Right, so he could totally be a Wolverine as well. That's the two top actors I have in the running to replace Wolverine. Personally, I would prefer Wes Chatham um, because of the stocky size. I mean, to me, Wolverine had to be short and stocky, and that's one, one of the bigger problems I had with Hugh Jackman. Um, he, was a, he was too tall, in my opinion. Right. Um, that's about it. Uh... That's it. Anyway, to, back to the expanse. Yeah, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but basically, it really they, they introduce a bunch of great characters. They introduce a marine from Mars. She's great. A character called Gunny. That's a nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, they expand on on Avasarala. That is um, oh gosh, I'm slipping many one names right now. But uh, the character Avasarala. Okay, she okay. Is... Uh, uh, allow me to 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 assist you, right? Because I actually have the wiki page up. Yeah, and list, I remember her character. Yeah, list up. Yeah. So it's. Sh- Forgive me if I... If Sh- I Shore Agdash. Yeah, Shore Agdashlo. Who Agdash. was great, by the way. I actually like her, her character. And she had this yeah, no, really, she, she's the, like, she's, gruff if voice. If anybody, she's probably the standout. 
Right. Yeah. If anybody, she's the standout of um of this season for me still. And she was the standout of season one as well. Um, I know her from it. She does she does a ton of stuff um in science fiction because of a really, in my opinion, kind of attractive voice. You know that really yeah, deep, deep husky that, that voice, voice still really feminine. Though, yeah. And it really works. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Star Trek, the last Star Trek movie. She's really good in that. And well, I know her as um the, the part I, I most I identify with her in most recent memories. Um, Admiral Ran in the Mass Effect franchise. That is um Tali's aunt. Um. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, she you get you get to learn a lot about her. They do a lot of expanding on the world, and then um, from the events of season two, we see explorations of um, the planet Venus. Uh, we see explorations of we get we get some cool cameos. There is um, the guy from MythBusters, the one with the the blonde hair. Uh-huh. I forgot his name, but he I was yeah, yeah, nice look. A little quick cam, hmm. and he was hyping it. He was hyping it before he come on, and I thought I thought they were gonna edit out his scene, um, but. Uh, apparently not. They didn't edit out the scene. He was he get out a little a couple lines and it was green. Um, yeah, G- I think is um I think Jamie, no Adam Savage. Sorry, Adam yeah. Savage is the one who got you. he's the one who got the um got the little cameo. So a nice little sci-fi science bros cameo. Um, there's one scene that really rubbed everybody the wrong way in the season. That's the only thing that really we're talking about because the show really styles itself on you know being grounded and scientifically accurate. Right. And it does this for the most part. Um, the only thing that people like would nitpick about is the sound in space thing, which I don't really mind. But I would have oh, yeah, probably gone out of my way to make space, sure that no one can hear you scream right. that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. And well, I would have probably gone out of my way to make sure you have no sound in space. But I don't. I don't really mind the way how they do it. Um, yeah, but it, it probably might make it less they, impactful though. The, the, what the scene it, itself. What it did. Yeah. What it did is that they had the the Kamal character did this plan. He had a plan involving rotation around our body doing a slingshot maneuver so you could right. what you're doing is you do multiple slingshots around now the slingshot maneuver is, is legitimate um but however slingshot maneuvers are incredibly slow and it should take very very long to go around and they decided to just do it so it's not scientifically accurate at all he was moving way too fast he couldn't control that kind of turning and motion in space if you're, if you're being all accurate about things right. and even the whole even the plot devices involving them to move at high speed or whatever still couldn't account for it and the thing is, kudos to the kudos to the production staff who are quite active on the subreddit and, and in various forums. They they had a total mea culpa to the whole thing long before the episode came out. So right. they kind of said, "Look, it's all bad. We kind of fucked up. We get it. It's still a cool scene, eh? Mm-hmm. It's got the whole the whole point and the plan. But I, and I, I I still I don't know. I still in the world I think they could have fixed it and have it work out. But they had they allowed to change a lot about it. But I would have probably make the effort. But whatever. Um, they admitted it to the wrong and you know everybody moved on so so those who wasn't in the know they would have probably bitch and complain about it but that was like a handful of people uh-huh. and that was, that was fine it's, the plot moved on it was fine then there are a lot of great um, finale moments the finale itself I'll say was a little underwhelming mostly because of something involved with the Gunny character and right. the only complaint was I just wanted more action from her because she's supposed to be an action guild um, she didn't really do that much action she had some action but she should have done more um, that's about it everything else was fine in terms of plot plot um, plot driving and yeah, this season was a really solid business for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm really excited for season three. I'm actively avoiding book spoilers and anything from the books right. um, just to see it. You know, a, a lot of people say it's Game of Thrones in space. And yeah, I get where they're coming from. But um, Game of Thrones is a lot more exciting. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. This this is more for the sci-fi nerd crowd like me. Uh, and it, it totally works in that way. Um, the little, I, I really want to see how they're going to play out the narrative and how it works and where, where the story is going for season three, and which is the third book, I think. Right. And yeah, um, I'm really excited about this. Okay, so rating uh, wise, what what will you give it? 
Yeah, I, I give it pretty high, like an 8 out of 10. Um, as I said, the only thing that was a bit of a letdown was the finale itself. And not, not because of the actual plot stuff, but I thought the, the action itself would have been a little more exciting. It was just kind of boring and straightforward they did with it. I thought they would have done more with it. But that's about it. Um, but actual plot and driving of the plot and, and characters admitting to certain things like who has what weapon and who gave what to who. Um, and you'll find out all of that. Um, all of that stuff was great. Right. And which character kept which secret from this character and why. Um, uh, but all, overall, it was just, I, I enjoyed this solid business. And once you enter the, the I totally into this world. Um, I totally into the world building. It, it works for me. And yeah, I, I give it a solid eight, eight and a half out of ten, in my opinion. Cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I, well, I'm glad that right. um, season two more or less lived up to your expectations. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it it did it did a great job with that material. Um, it, it just as good as season one. Not I don't say any better or any worse. Just carrying the story forward. I still into it. It have me wrapped up. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I will jump in into the much talked about um, Netflix TV yeah, series Thirteen a- Reasons Why. A controversy shows you're doing yeah. like all three of these shows is some <laughs> type of controversy some way shape or form yeah, yeah which is fine well, well thank all you thank you Netflix for bringing controversy back into television man yeah you know what I mean just when HBO wasn't enough Netflix had to come and, and stick their nose into right. it yeah, right um, so this one like I said before a lot of people were just talking about this show there's 13 reasons why and you know right. oh my god all this stuff that's going on wow 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 you know what I mean but I'm not seeing as like praise that they were giving it it's just OMGs and WTFs and stuff like that so I was like you know what I'm gonna take the time I'm gonna just take a day and watch this whole season out and yes of course it's 13 episodes long so um, this right. is based off of the 2007 um, novel of the same name um, and basically it revolves around the character of Clay Jensen, who was played by um, Dylan Manette. The last time I saw him was in the very impressive thriller um, Don't Breed. Yeah, he he yeah. he, he, he right, was right, one right, of the characters, right. right? I think he was the one. Yeah, who, yeah I remember. Yeah, him, yeah. He was able to like he had the codes okay. or either him or the, the yeah, other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the, yeah, he had the, his dad used to work in security. Yes, I yes, yes. That. That's what it was. Right. He has the most punchable face as well. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, funny you mentioned that because he does get into a couple of fights in this show. You know, getting like a, a right, cut yeah. over his eye. Um, I'll get to that in a bit, right? And um, right. it m- more or less centers along. Uh, sorry, it more centers ar- uh, around the relationship that he has with a girl called Hannah Baker, uh, who's played by Australian actress, very attractive by the way, Catherine Langford. And basically, right. the story is pretty much involves her, and it's kind of revealed at the, at the very beginning, at like the very first episode, that she commits suicide. And it kind of starts off with the school, or at least her class and the teachers and whatnot, trying to, to move on after what happened, after her, her, her suicide. Trying to deal with the loss and the pain and just trying to get over it, basically. And what happens right. is that um, through some circumstances, which I won't reveal, Clay ends up um, acquiring a box of cassette tapes. And what I like about the, this series here is that um, each episode is pretty much like... So episode one is like tape, one side A episode 2 is tape 1 side B etc 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 and on these tapes is just basically Hannah um, talking kind of just talking about you know um, basically yeah, this is just the her um, recalling what what eventually would lead to her committing suicide so she goes right. into like grave detail about you know uh, her past and just but basically um, it's like every side to the, to the, to the cassette tape uh, involves a particular character 
So uh, one of these characters, of course, is Clay, and we see some other characters involved within the within the um the school, and Hannah is just pretty much just saying how this person affected her life negatively, and how that negativity pretty much led to her committing suicide. And throughout the series, basically, um, well, most some of the characters actually are aware of this of these cassette tapes, so it's been spread around. Her. It's just that Clay is the latest person to 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 hear these these um these tapes, right? And in the process, they they try and tell him, well, you know, don't 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 give these tapes out to the police, or you know, don't do what she says. She's a liar and all these kind of stuff. So they kind of deny the fact that they had anything to do with her suicide. And I like how the series pretty much kind of plays on that. Like, you know, was Hannah really taking her taking things too seriously, or if it's really that the people just did what they did and they were just not conscious of the fact that they did her wrong and this is one really strong theme about this it's just that we all right, do things right. and it's not sometimes we do things to people and we're not aware of how that could affect somebody in a negative you know aspect um you know whether it's being teased or whether it's teasing someone or slut shaming yeah. them that's one that's one particular right. topic that they touch on slut shaming and you know we we, we we tend to just have fun with it you know it's, it's just all you know fun and good natured laughter at the end of the day but sometimes we don't think about the consequence we don't think about how it's affecting the victim and that is one of the major um aspects of this show you know really the consequences of our actions um and pretty much the show well this is what kind of caught me off guard it kind of plays out not just as a as a drama not just as a as a high school teen drama but also as a mystery because all through these episodes you're trying to figure out exactly who it is that really who it is that really do her the worst thing who, who it is that really did her that that big unforgivable sin that caused her to right. just say you know what that's it for me i'm done with life right. i gotta off myself right now and right. you know it um and throughout that we see the relationships between these characters but they really focus on clay and hannah and uh, one thing that i really loved about this show was just the acting um i thought that throughout uh, well uh, across the board the acting was uh, was excellent especially from our two leads Dylan and um and Catherine I thought that they were excellent yeah. I thought they were believable I really bought into them being this couple and you really yeah and what I like is that you see when they first met and you know where they used to work and all that kind of stuff and you know um and their friends and how they looked upon them and you know just these these high school stuff and on the subject of high school stuff you do see the the typical archetypes of high school dramas you do see the cheerleader right. you see the jock you see that guy who drives around in the cool mustang with the leather jacket on you know what i mean that he reminds me of a, of a particular character from twin peaks but i can't remember that guy's name for the life of me but you know you see those typical characters um you know you've seen them before in like you know those 50s um teen dramas like say rebel without a cause and this show actually reminds me a lot of rebel without a cause that whole idea of um you know children or sorry teens hurting inside and you know it's like everybody else like the whole what um, the rest of the world especially t um, adults are just oblivious to what's going on they're just like you know why are you acting this way why are you being so so emo why are you being so depressed all the right. time but they're not willing to yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. figure out why you know it's those things you've seen before but the way how they do it here was was quite refreshing for me and what i like really about this yeah. is that it goes in into really not so much about suicide i mean suicide is a part of it but it's really about what today's teenagers go through you know what i mean and and yeah, kind yeah. of stuff that we deal with and yeah, sorry yeah, that they deal with that that that's, it, that's the thing with a lot of this like modern stuff is that you know on the one end i'll admit 
a lot of it a little bit of it is is somewhat overboard in terms of like what but, they, but there's a lot of stuff that they do have to deal with that i think is legitimate or at least if i was in their place with with the the kind of time they were born in and what kind of values that we have right now or at least what is getting what is we letting slide i should say yeah you know yeah, yeah. Um, and they have to deal with that in terms of like squaring values like as an adult you could you could deal with it but young most young children and teenagers especially can't really deal with subtleties and nuance very well exactly i don't um, think they can many yeah. many can't i'll, I'll add my i yeah and um, and, and you have to sorry. create that stability yeah go ahead. yeah and a couple things you really they, 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 they talk about um they touch on sexuality of course there is a moment with um with hannah and uh, her kind of exploring her sexuality as well too and then the result of that right, and how right. you know the rest of the, the her class looks at her is like oh well she stepped um she was kissing a girl and all these kind of things you know, basically right. and how that yeah, yeah. To that. you know right it, emotionally and, and that's the thing emotionally it's a lot of uncharted territory yes um even for even for us like we you know my generation you're, you're us two of us we can even uh, deal with that when we were teenagers that wasn't even a, like a up for option yeah, um, yeah, yeah but this generation have to deal with that of course and yeah. they deal with it very good yeah, so that that's a whole tricky domain. Um, yeah, totally agree. So, right, um, so I have to, I have to, but I'll, I'll, the thing is, I haven't seen the show to give it a proper chance and see what it is this character going through or how to measure it out. But yeah, yeah. good, continue now. All right, uh, one thing that I really like about the, the show um, is how it kind of plays on nostalgia a bit. Um, just the idea right. of cassette tapes to begin with, because the story pretty yeah. much is set, um, I believe, roughly is 2016, because the, okay, okay. so the present the present time of the story is late 2017 which i thought was a pretty smart right. idea it's like november 2017 you know um right and what they do quite brilliantly is that they do a lot of flashbacks flash forwards and they do it so seamlessly so like basically um a character would just and we, well for one thing they do it in terms of color with color correction so the present time is done in this kind of um really uh I don't want to say black and white but it's more like this kind of dismal dull colors that you see in the present time but when you go back to you know 2016 it's all these kind of like the color the colors are, are slightly brighter so you know it's just a matter of just keeping focus and figuring out where the transitions take place and those transitions by the way right. were done excellently props to the to the editing or oh, sorry props to the editor of this show this was some great just a great example of how to do flashbacks and flash forwards and make them feel right. so seamless and real um and what i like right. also too is how the characters change so one minute you see them how they are now because of the death of hannah and then you see them before when you're kind of teasing hannah or when you were friends with hannah when you weren't friends with hannah and all these different things i thought it was really great um there are some other like side plots sorry subplots sorry involving the other characters and how they somehow relate to both um to both Clay and Hannah, I won't spoil those, but I thought that they were very compelling as well too. And this is one thing that the show really stresses on. It's not so much about, oh well, this these are the the the, the situations which led to Hannah's death, but here are these other people who are dealing with bad things as well too. And uh, one in particular, uh, one particular female character, you know, goes through rape. She is raped by someone close to her, and you know, it's, you, you do see right. how she has to deal with it and how hard it is she's trying to keep it a secret there are there, there were a couple of moments where she kind of denies it actually happened as well too and just how right, they, they, right. they pull it off felt so real to me you know what i mean um and that was just really really powerful there are some yeah. moments that will disturb you will kind of make you squirm um especially yeah. in the last couple of episodes where we do see 
those particular moments which led to Hannah committing suicide, those are the true gut punches for me. Like when those things happen, it's like, oh my god. But at the same time, and this is where I'll get to the whole controversy thing. The show itself is not telling somebody that, you know, hey, if you go through these particular things and these bad things happen to you, suicide is the only answer. That's not what they're trying to say. What they're saying is that this yeah. is Hannah, this is what she went through. Warning, yeah. But it's not telling people, hey, don't seek help. You know, just kill yourself and that's it. You know, free yourself right. from this world. That's not, you know, that's not the point of so it. You're, you're say, would you say it's a cautionary tale in that sense? In a way, it is. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I, I, what I would say too is that um, what it well for me, what it kind of tells people is that yes, there are people, especially teens, who are who are hurting, who are dealing with a lot of things, and if you choose to ignore them or you don't want to kind of give them a hand or whatnot, then you know who knows what they're gonna do. They might do some really bad things, not just to themselves but to other people, and you know, is how their families and friends are gonna be affected. But at the same time, you have to encourage them because sometimes they might really have that that energy to really go and seek help you know sometimes they might just right seek right. help but they don't get help or they just kind of get turned upon or whatever and just give up but you know it's really a matter of just holding on to your friends not just letting go of them because you know they they they, they, they become an introverted and they don't want to talk to you you know what i mean if they're your friends or your family or whatnot you need to go and you know it it, it, it kind of sounds kind of like a uh uh <laughs> you know what those afternoon kind of infomercial kind of things but it, it when you really think about it it is the truth and to me that's that was the the powerful message i got out of that you know it's not so much about um leaving somebody alone and letting them deal with it because you know it's their right. life and if they want to mess mess up their life that's their problem you know but if you do if you have some kind of emotional connection to them you should you know try to help them out by the same time they they have to warrant it. They they should accept your your assistance or someone else's um, um, assistance as well too. You know we don't want them to end their lives. You know we want to help them, but it's if they want that help. And I think that's where the whole controversy really come around. Where a lot of people will see, right. well, this move this this series promotes suicide. It's telling people, right. hey, suicide is the way. You know, and all. No, that's not the point. And right. And this is what I really really love about the characterization of these characters. Um, is that on the one hand you can look at Hannah's progression, you know, her character arc in his story, and say, yeah, yeah, she des well, not she. I won't say she deserved the bad things that happened, but she real stupid. Why she killed herself for? She could have, uh, she could, right, she could right, go right, for right. help. You know what I mean? But you know, at the yeah. same time, she could have kind of opened up herself as well too and sought help elsewhere. If if this person or that person wasn't really out, wasn't really around to help her. And then at the same time, now from the other person's perspective, sometimes or like it, it, there is one moment where Clay tries to help Hannah, and Hannah pushes him away. And then there's a scene where he kind of regrets the fact that he didn't, you know, pursue her even further to try and you know try to break her shell and try to figure out what's going on. So he feels bad. Yeah. But you know they kind of play it off like you know he tried you know but you know it's up to the viewer to really to really decide whether he should have really tried harder. Or if he just, you know, he yeah. did it and he just get pushed aside, you know what, fine, whatever, do what you want. You know, it's those complexities would really make the, really make the show work. But I just, like yeah. I said, I know a lot of people will just kind of read into it too much and say, well, you know, it's really trying to say that, um, you know, you have to do all these things to prevent people from committing suicide because, you know, suicide is like the easy way out. I don't think so. And, you know, this show 
brilliantly really represents that that you know suicide it's not the easy it's not the easy way out it's not the, the only option there is it's not like saying that you know people who suffering through life you know if you don't help them right now they're gonna kill themselves you know it's just a matter you know it's just a matter of time they're gonna do it it's not like that it's really just a matter of figuring out what's going on with them and then like yep. i said those people themselves really opening up and really really um, not just seeking help but accepting help whether it's from friends families counselors teachers you name it you know and right yeah so you know people could talk the whole controversy thing all right I, I forgot to mention another thing another issue that they had is that um they should have well um i think netflix said it themselves that there should be this disclaimer at the very beginning stating that right, you know, for right. more information call 1-800-SUICIDE blah blah right. blah 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 you know I, but okay, of so course, I, it, I, I it, it, it kind of speaks for itself there. It's not telling you. Right, I heard about that. I heard about that, and I, I, yeah, I heard about that, and I wholly disagree with that being a, a, an option because yeah. it's, it's firstly, it's not a PSC. No, it's not. It's not. That's it's not, not necessarily it's not the intention. Of special telling you. Right. It's not like it's a those show. It's drug its own not. Yeah, those drug right. infomercials from the eighties. That's not what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I, I disagreed if, if to do that or even to. to push anybody to do that at all that should be an option in my opinion yeah and i think one of the reasons too is because um well it is a tv emmy of course because of the the subject matter but you know you're going to imagine a lot of you know um teenagers you know or, or young adults watching this um watching the series and right you're kind of thinking well okay well you need some kind of parents um, sup- um parental supervision in watching this series and if you want if you if you want to warn that then fine if you want to sit down with the kids i don't know why by the way and watch this series then fine um and it reminds me of uh, this special that came out afterwards um it's called um beyond the reasons where we see um the cast and crew talking about you know the show and the message that it was trying to bring across um uh, one of the executive producers believe it or not is selena gomez like i was so okay. surprised to see her name is like what okay well done okay okay <laughs> like i'm not saying that you know she wouldn't know about how it is to be you know um lashed at you know or you know abuse online and that kind of stuff and yes that's another thing they talk about um social media and how it tends to you know how people could you know get away with teasing people online and you know it's all you know they, they say it's fun and it's joking and whatnot but you know you like i say you don't know how that affects the other person you know um but still i yeah I really don't think that this disclaimer thing works. I think that the show kind of speaks for itself. You don't have to kind of hammer it to people head and say, uh, "Remember, folks, we are not promoting suicide here. This is just a story here. Come on, blah 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 blah." Right. Thing, 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 thing. And just finally, in terms of controversy, some people were talking bad about the actual source material itself. Like, why would you have this story about oh, well, this this main character commits suicide, and now we're seeing all these things. So now you want us to feel bad, and you know, so from now on, when somebody commits suicide, it's like we're supposed to feel all this guilt, and it's our fault, and all that kind of thing. It's right. not so much that, but you know, it's just these characters and how bad they feel about it. But then when you think about it, they kind of did lead you know they kind of did set this path for hannah to to cross unfortunately but still and this is what i really love about the show it's really up to the viewer to decide whether it's whether it really was the quote-unquote right thing or sorry the easy thing for hannah to you know to kill herself or not i think personally is that she should have opened herself up for help but you know she just decided because of what happened you know 
and it's not for the viewer to say well you know well rape victims are susceptible to committing suicide it's not like that you know but it's just really for you to kind of understand what these people go through because it's one you know it's one thing to say oh she looked for that she deserved that she's stupid for, for killing herself right. but you don't know you don't know what goes on in this person's head and this is uh, where this whole tape or the cassette tape gimmick comes into play because you really hear her thoughts you hear how she deals with issues and how she thinks about herself and other people and all these things but anyway i could go on all day talking about this show but for me personally this is undoubtedly one of the most powerful um tv dramas i've seen in a long while i don't know if it'll hold up in years to come and i see that too because believe it or not we are getting a season two i'm like um why exactly pretty pretty much the season ends it it ends the way it's supposed to end but you think that the way how it ends like that's the end of the story full stop but no we actually get another season where the same characters um are dealing pretty much or or continuing to deal with uh, with hannah's death and then well come to think about it it does kind of end well we don't see the the outcome of certain characters acts so it kind of leaves it out there so i guess we will see what happens in season two but um for what it's worth i strongly recommend that you do check it out i give this a strong four out of five stars um it's not for everyone i know some people kind of scared about the subject matter and then you know they're hearing about the rape and you know the the um graphic content but it's not as terrible as all that there are some bad right. moments in the in in this show but it's not like everything is all bad and terrible and disturbing there are some some humorous moments there are some really dramatic moments there are some very powerful moments um and like i said the acting across you the board was great dylan um minute was was fantastic and yeah you were talking about him having a punchable face there is a moment where he does get punched and he does get this cut over his eye so um i like how they did that because you know in the flashbacks he doesn't have this this um this bandage over his eye and then in the present age the present time sorry he has it so it's a easy way for you to to keep focus on what's going on but apart from all that um the acting was excellent the storytelling was excellent um the cinematography was great the music was great um right and just the whole complexity of just the characters and the story it's 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 enough for people to kind of sit back and really think about what they're watching and right. this is what i this this is why i actually recommend that you check it out it's not some kind of big psa about you know suicide and how bad it is but it's just really for you to right. understand what goes on in the mind of someone who's going through abuse and what could lead that um that person into committing suicide and how we could avoid that so yeah um okay. great series um it deserves the praise it does not deserve the controversy in my honest opinion i just think it's just people who just don't want to deal with that kind of issue they're saying oh the show just promotes it and yeah it's so easy yeah, no yeah. just sit back and watch it and really think about it really use that brain of yours and you'll be rewarded you'll be greatly rewarded rewarded with this one but for me this is undoubtedly right. one of the best series i've seen this year this one really caught me by surprise i didn't expect to really enjoy it that much and yeah i can't wait to see what they do with season two man so yeah right. okay. reasons why i think i gave you enough reasons why you should check it out so yeah man check it out right uh right. well before we move on just a couple shows that in the middle of its seasons right are pretty goddamn awesome and worth mentioning um attack on titan is back about six episodes in um, didn't know that, awesome. but i i enjoy the the first right. Um, and they do, they, they do some big reveals that was spoiling the manga, I don't know, like three years ago or something like that. So, oh, good, okay. Um, but, but, 
the thing is I somehow managed to stay away from all of those spoilers so it I, most of it is a surprise to me and I, even though I could still see it coming somewhat uh, yeah a lot of it was kind of cool um, Leftovers I think episode what four so far pretty damn awesome right. um, big big Australia centric episode last time pretty awesome okay cool um, Samurai Jack episode 8 I've been hearing Pretty things about. Awesome. I've been hearing things about that episode eight, but I know two more episodes yeah. until the season done. And yes, I'm gonna binge it. Right, but that's a, that, that, was a, that was a yeah. The episode eight was hilarious, and a lot of people are gonna be like, I can see some people be pissed off at what they did with it. Uh, but I'm not part of that crowd. So, <laughs> um, and then a show that I'm gonna be talking about in uh, its finale because it's a book I love, and then um, to see it manifest on screen and see it so impeccably made and well done. It's kind of amazing. Probably gonna get the best of the year. Handmade Steel. Ah, um, so far, I've one. seen, I've seen episode, seen three episodes so far. God damn, it's awesome. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna after this episode, after this show, after we record this, I'm gonna be watching episode four. Um, yeah, this is really goddamn solid business so far. It's so well done. I've one little small complaint, but overall, it's next to perfect so far in my opinion. Um, right. And that's it. Just those quick, quick little mentions before yeah. we move on. I'm, 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 I'm gonna check out Handmade Steel for sure. Um, Samurai Jack Yes Well guys you can look out of For course. a review of the full season I can't wait to binge it I know I'll have a blast With that um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay so We'll move on to Another Netflix series One that I encourage you To check out But you're like Nah I'm really good I don't even need to see that Bill Nye saves the world <laughs> Right And here's the thing The first time I heard about About this show You know Coming out on Netflix I was like Bill Nye in 2017 Huh I don't know how yeah. that will work though. So, on Netflix to boot? I don't know. Right, so Bill Nye, yeah, anything on Bill Nye. Bill Nye has been reasonably active on social media in the last couple or so years. And he has been vocal, politically quite vocal. You know, in terms of, but he, what he, he does, he's been doing, making arguments, connecting scientific phenomena in the world to political phenomena. And he somewhat tries to make a, you know, a direct connection, causal connection, or make at least a strong correlation to something. And that particular opinion is very, very controversial. So he decided to put his hat in the ring and debate kind of the, the current scientifically contestable things. But it's still, it's one of those things where science and politics intertwine. And it's not one of those clear-cut things. Right. Because you're not sure. So I haven't watched his show, but I'm very familiar and I disagree with him on some issues with respect to what he's talking about and the, the political connection and a lot of people say well he's a liberal shill and so on so on it's like no not necessarily but i understand i understand his arguments but i just do think it follows necessarily follows or particularly connects in some of the cases but he does have uh, you know as i say he he has as you know when they say the facts are true but the news is fake he's uh-huh. one of those that makes in my opinion good sound arguments but they're not particularly valid arguments what that means is that the, the facts and the scientific st- ground is solid, I think, for the most part. I think that part is not particularly debatable. Yeah, yeah. But what you should do with that information is where the real debate is. That it's not straightforward. It's not as clear-cut as we could argue. Um, so that's just my, my take on Bill Nye because he has been really kind of making waves in the last couple of years on social media in particular. Right. And he has been made enemies of some of my intellectual favorite people as well. So it's ah, interesting okay. to see that. <laughs> but I, I haven't watched his show. I only watched one clip um, involving something involving gender. Yeah, and I'll, I'll what, I, what, I'll I was, what I saw, mm. yeah, what I saw was quite cr- cr- a little cringeworthy, but we could just explain what's going on. You, so do the review. All right, so before we get yeah. into Bill Nye's, as you will, I have to talk about my 
my my history with 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 with, um, with Bill Nye. So yeah. back in the nineties when I was a kid and you know T yep. um, cartoons Huge. and you know well just running home after school to, to catch up on, on, on cartoons like X Men and stuff that that was it. This show like kind of came out of nowhere. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Um, I saw it through yep. PBS. And that show, yep. like, like, well, I imagine you're seeing it for a lot of people, a lot of kids who grew up in the '90s yep. as well too. It just opened them, uh, opened their minds in terms of science. It made it less boring. It made it more fun, more yeah, relatable in a way. And um, what I like, I thought it was memorable team song. Yes, yes, that Bill, 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 Bill. I'll get to that team song in a bit. Yeah. So with this one, he just, yeah. he, he just simply made science fun. Over the course of five seasons, a yeah. hundred episodes in total, I, I actually rewatched it okay, um, right. like some years ago. It still holds up. It's still a great series. And what I like though is that you know if you look at it now, it kind of comes off retro a bit because um, he does right. you know touch yeah he touch on 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 pop culture in the nineties. So what I used to love is yeah. that um, at the very end there would be this musical number where he would take like this popular song, whether it's a rap song, a pop song, a rock song, whatever, and adapted into the topic of the show so like for example there was one call for air pressure i remember that they turned um smells like teen spirit into air yep, yep. pressure air pressure right. that was funny that was funny as hell. yeah, yeah. And, um, and it was the first well that's another thing i want to just talk about because um in the 90s he had a big wave of what you call edutainment yes yes, yes. um and he was like the he was the, the apotheosis of that. But he had a ton of shows like Square One and well, Sesame Street or certain Yeah, extent. well, Square One was back um, in the 80s. But yeah, that was when it starts here. Yeah. Right. But I, that's the thing. I, I remember Square One in the 90s because that, that didn't You said show it in the 90s, but it's an 80s show. Right. Yeah. It's an 80s show. You talk about yeah, IBM right, and um, those kind of things. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, but right. So the wave of the, the, the whole entertainment culture. And then in the last 10 years or so, you started seeing the rise of entertainment again. So you start seeing stuff like D News and SciShow and Seeker Network and Vsauce and a bunch of these guys who I don't know what to call them, but I call them, um, you know, edutainment, scientism, culture, which is a really kind of fetishize science a little bit, but just to the point of explaining why science is so important to the world. Yeah. Probably the poster child of that is Neil deGrasse Tyson, who really of follows course, up yeah. from Carl Sagan and that culture. Um, and as I said, politically, it has taken a kind of strange liberal bent in an interesting way mostly especially when it comes to the gender stuff and and that i don't know what to call it but it's an interesting kind of feedback loop going on there right um but with bill now he really took a side on this one especially when it when his opinion that is to see him anyway continue to read yeah but i just it just i, I just talk about the general narrative i've been following this stuff a while now for, for a while yeah does what that yeah. yeah um but right. but just Good. to say but, about, about about the the show itself though um every once in a while we will get like a a guest celebrity, um, not so much like a yeah. musician, but more like a, a TV show actor, or actress, or whatnot. And what I really yeah, like is I saw, I saw that Richard Bloom in episode. Well, we, all right, we, we 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 talk about we still talk about Bill Nye Science Guy, but we'll get to Bill Nye City Will in a bit. Um, but really and truly, right. what made the show stand out is just how they made it so, but how they made sense so relatable to to kids. Um, there were these segments where you'd see. You know, people um, just the progress of science in particular areas. They would go on location, go to different areas, and interview yeah. people. And you, you pretty much understood it, you know, as a kid. And it really, it, it was, it was, it was like the perfect show for for you know kids who is either they were watching this or they were waiting for like X Men or some other series or going or just outside playing or going to the arcade or whatnot. It was just for that type, you know, that mindset during the night. Right. Just for that generation. 
So right. when I saw Bill Nye says he will, I was like, well, you know, um, times are changing. You know? I mean, yeah, we have millennials now. So, you know, it's, right. uh, but is, is this show for the millennials? But then I was thinking, you know, it's Netflix. So it had to be going to a wider demographic. And going into the show, I, I kind of got where he was coming from. So basically, right. it's not a team. Well, I, I'm not sure of the rating right now, but this clearly is not for kids. You okay. could say it's pretty much for millennials, but more for like adults, basically. So for people, just okay. for people who, who thinking about science or who just talking about, you know, climate change and all these things, who love to go online and complain about what Trump is doing and, you know, what the right. government's not doing in terms of... Um, yeah. You know the environment and stuff. It's for those people. That that's what yeah, yeah. the show really touches. I, I'll on. say, I'll say, yeah. So he kind of, yeah. So again, I just following his career online. He kind of doubled down his efforts with the with the election of Donald Trump, because a lot of people' attitude is that, well, Trump gonna be this bulwark of of ignorance and superstition. Um, yeah, yeah. You have to fight against that. Again, it's a compelling narrative. It's something that I've kind of turned up on. But Trump himself has shown some really, really, you know, some disturbing signs has been showing up, especially when it comes to like the EPA and the parks and who getting money where and this kind of stuff. Um, I don't think Trump going to usher in the next dark ages, but I could see where people worried about, you know, in terms of just a kind of entertainment of conspiracy theories, for example. Yeah, you know, Trump has yeah. done that, um, entertaining certain ideas when it comes to just rejection and science denial. So we could, there's an interesting debate about, say, um, climate change and, and global warming. Right. Um, but he, so he himself, I think, has st- stepped over the line, and it's an interesting place he put himself in because, in my opinion, um, but it, this this with an att- attitude of luxury and, and hindsight, the whole um, attitude towards what we call it, you know, the superstitions, a little bit overblown, mm-hmm. a little bit. But with the with the backlash of, of Trump, and I think a lot of Trumps and that politics is mostly a kind of a little bit of a, not necessarily justified, but more like a tantrum attitude towards certain types of people. I don't want to say who they are. Um, but they just decide, all right, they will go in a certain way and Donald Trump is this kind of yeah, yeah, backlash he, against yeah, easy guy. I, I don't know what to call orchestrated. it. Orchestrated. I don't right, no, I sorry, don't know what to call it. But, but uh, kind of letting it slide basically. Like, yeah, let, no, he let it he let it yeah, he let the phenomenon allow the phenomenon to go on. And I, I I don't know what to call it. I call it the poor master problem. Mm-hmm. Um but he Bill Nino, because of the attitude of Donald Trump, and the, 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 the just what Donald Trump just passed his hundred days as president, <laughs> um, he really signed to, it's under gear up now, now. And we'll see, we'll see yeah. how things play out. Because it had a huge science march, which was cool, actually really cool to watch. Right. Uh, it had a lot of great signs. Like it had a hilarious American multi sign, for example. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. But there was a great sign. The joke was, um, I want to take these alternative facts and sh- shove them way up your bum hole. <laughs> that was uh-huh, a, yeah, a yeah. line from the show. Yeah, a very Rick. Sanchez thing to see actually when you think about thing it. Thing to see, yeah. yeah. Uh no, but um it's interesting to see these these worldviews clash now in this week. And yeah. well, well continue with your review though. Right. So like I said, this is not for the kids anymore really. It's more for, for people who okay. are just interested in science or just the things that they, they see in the newspaper or you know they see on social media on Yahoo whatever there's those topics that, that keep popping up when it comes to science so yeah the very first episode the man talks about climate change and one thing about, about Nye that you know he, he used to actually do it in the old series there were these I, like I used to call Bill Nye rants where he would talk about a particular thing and he would just talk about the importance of it and why people not taking it seriously and he would just go off on this tangent and one thing that i really used to like about the old series was the narrator there was this really you know your generic 
narrator voice, right? And he would be like this, not a voice of reason, but really, but he would be like this kind of self-aware aspect of the show. So, right. when he used to go off those, off those rants in the old series, he used to be like, oh, Bill, uh, come on, Bill, you know, you, you, you come on, just, just get to the point there, okay? And those were, those were funny moments, you know, it was that kind of self-awareness that used to make it kind of fresh and funny. But here, you have these segments, uh, where it is, uh, I think it's called, um, Bill, uh, a minute with Bill Nye or something along that line, right? Where, like, right. he would just stop the show, well, or at least pause the show pretty much, and just stress on the fact that, like, in, with example, with climate change, what we need to do, and, you know, times are changing, and how it used to be back right. when he was younger, and how what his parents used to go through. There's one uh, episode, I forgot what topic it was, where he was talking about his family going through World War Two, and look at how they right. dealt with, how they went through with that. So how, you know, with all these advances in science, how come we can't get you with these things? You know, and... Right. I, like, I get the passion in it, but sometimes it could it could kind of get a little pretentious at times. But anyway... Um, right, yeah. The topics that he talks about. Uh, so he talks about climate change. He talks about alternative medicine, artificial intelligence. Right. Um, right. Panspermia, which I never heard about until I saw yeah, this that's particular a, that's episode. Yeah, a sci-fi concept. Yeah, yeah. That's so almost it's, a sci-fi concept, but yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a big argument about what we what we consider the quote-unquote origin of life on Earth. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's N- never the, heard of it's it the naturalistic. Before, yeah, basically just life or something akin to life that are, that needed is necessary to bring life on Earth, but it's not from Earth. So it's like an asteroid or something like that. Crash right. or comet, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. He saw, he he talked about vac- vaccinations where he was saying right. basically yeah, yeah like like you know if you don't get vaccinated for a certain illness or whatever. You could infect other people as well too if you don't take if you don't take that decision to get vaccinated for certain illnesses that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he talked about um, gaming and how that could either be a good either positive or negative to someone's you know right. brain and social life and how they deal with with you know with you know with stuff like that. Um, he talked about right. dieting, which I thought was pretty interesting. You know, just the idea with yeah, and you know, it's something I can relate to where, you know, they always tell you, you know, don't eat these certain foods, but then you have to eat all these alternative uh, meals, but then at the same time, you're not really feeling good about yourself, but you're telling yourself, well, yeah, I'll shed this weight, I'll lose some pounds, I'll get rid of this muffin top, but you're not really feeling right. good about yourself. So, for me personally, it's all about just... Um, too much of one thing is bad, so just kind of alternate the way how you eat things. That's just my personal belief. Um, right. Talked about um, space exploration. He talked about um, extrasensory perception. He talked about designer babies, right. actually. Um, the final episode. Oh, was yeah, that's about, a big one. Yeah, yeah he, uh, final episode, he talked about human overpopulation, which was interesting. Right. And yeah, he, he did go to. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to the to the on location um, scene. Um, well, on location segments actually, but yes, he did go to India for that episode, and oh, wow. he, he well, which was which kind of caught me off guard because I'm thinking, you know, Bill Nye, TVG, whatever. He talked about sex, but just the right. idea of no, okay. gender and sexuality and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. And this is but where we get to so... one of the most controversial moments of the of the of the season here. But right, continue. Right. So when it comes to there's a big interesting one because um, we get into the debates and this debate is something that I I'll admit it's interesting from a scientific perspective but I'll admit I have no skin in the game with this one um, no, which no, is no, basically no. Ge- the idea of the gender binary um, I have my own two cents about how we should think about it but I'm not invested in it in any way I, I have no loss if it turns out one way or the other not necessarily 
um, I don't really have a, a, a particular horse in that race, as they say. And it's interesting to see, one of the big things, though, is the idea of, um, the idea of, well, equating the gender binary to something adult. So people could, can you, have, can you talk about children being gay or children being transgendered or something like that? Yes. And yes. have it be a proper competition without bringing the sexual aspect to it. You know, mm. it doesn't necessarily have to be a sexual lifestyle or something like that. Can you have this conversation? And the answer is apparently yes, but it's really tricky. And a lot of people still, I, I think a lot of people still not ready for that. And especially in the last five years with, with the whole, I don't know what, social justice circles and the, the feminism circles, how that whole thing played out. Um, now to see it, so well, to see Bill Nye kind of put, put his hat in the ring and, and kind of bat, decide to bat for the social justice side. Um, a lot of people kind of turn on him, you know, and yeah, yeah. interesting and yeah. Um, so it's really fascinating to see. You now I'll admit, I have my own two cents about it. About the, the um, you know, it'll, it'll it's a long ass conversation and not not fit for the show. Um, but I am somewhat on his side on the matter from a purely scientific standpoint. However, I watched the sequence on YouTube and God damn that that stuff was just so cringeworthy and terrible. Yeah. Um... Uh, well, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get into it, right? So, not to reveal everything, but what he does, he, he, he kind of dumbs down the t- the aspect of sexuality and just... Right. Right, so the, the, the skit involves a bunch of ice cream cones, right? So each one has a different flavor, and of course, each flavor has a different characteristic about them. So yes, one is gay, one is kind of, um you know, straight and whatnot. And I think right. the straight one was vanilla. vanilla. Right. right, I saw that. Yeah, but, that metaphor just didn't hold up at all, Joe. That's like I get what they're trying to do, but jeez, yeah, rubbish. But I'll, I'll I'll get into some pretty interesting though, which kind of took me away from the show, right? And I, I imagine right. will take a lot of people out of it, right? So, right. So the vanilla ice cream is this conservative Christian, right? So there is this, this right. scene where he's talking, where he's praying to the to the big ice cream above and asking him because basically the <laughs> ice cream telling him, well, you know, try this flavor out, try this flavor out, which is like a terrible right. uh, metaphor for you know sexuality. That's, like, that's how I studied. It's yeah. terrible. Like oh, yeah, well, it's, it don't work how like. How can you compare that to different flavors of ice cream? Oh well, right. try this flavor, try that yeah, flavor, and if yeah. you like it, stick with that. No. It's uh, yeah, different that flavors. Yeah. That's not seeing it totally every day. A, every day I gotta be eating this particular um flavor of ice right. cream, and B, I gotta be eating ice cream every single day. No, that's a dumb right. metaphor, and, right? Yeah, and this is this, that right there is the problem with the whole, you know, the scientism community thing because you have a big debate in terms of how to translate scientific ideas, especially very counterintuitive scientific ideas that I'll say essentially come from the twentieth century. And the problem is that if you decide to dumb it down a little too much, you end up undermining the central argument of exactly. what is to make it valid. Yeah, you because I, I, I can imagine and people within... And to a certain extent, soundness. Yeah, I can imagine people within the LGBT community being turned off, being pissed off by, yeah, by exactly. what you seen here. Right. It's not as simple right. as, oh, well, try this. Try being a transsexual. Right. Exactly. I might like it. That's not right. how it works. Um, but then I, but then there's a, there's a moment near the end where they supposedly in a club, well, that's the thing. There's a club, they're all dancing. But when I saw this, the opening right. shot for that at first, I was thinking that orgy scene from Sausage Party. Swear to God. I was just seeing you know? all these flavors just together, like, oh, yes, we're happy. Right. And I was thinking some kind of big orgy going on. You're like, what? Right. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? who thought this up? Who thought yeah. this was a good idea? At what point anybody thought this was a good idea at all? That but, is the kind of, this is what I'm talking about with respect to 
uh, I don't know what to say, but I call it the, the social justice side overstepping. Yeah. Again, look, you can make a legitimate case, but you have to know to package this exactly a little better. And, right. And um, right. That's and, the and, and now I'll get to this little this issue, this personal issue of mine, the aspect of religion and how it kind of works in somehow into this um, into this this particular episode. And there's another one which I'll mention as well too. Right. Now. No, I know, like, I, I don't know if, if this is, like, a, a cliche or whatever, but I know that with, you know, scientists, for example, they just believe very, very, very earnestly about science, and they kind of right. denounce, you know, what, they re- what, what's, what has been said in history in terms of, like, you know, the Bible and whatnot. You know, some, right. some, some scientists do that, whatever. That's what they believe. I'm not saying that they're wrong about that, right? So... In, um, just getting back to that skit for a minute with the whole conservative Christian um, vanilla ice cream praying to the God above and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Now, I saw that particularly as a moment of just kind of the creators or whatnot kind of taking a jab at, at Christianity, saying, well, right. you know, they the first ones to come out and say, oh, well, being gay is wrong and all that kind of stuff. And, you right. know, we should kind of not support this in any sort of way. But Bill's argument is saying, you know, we all different, and you know, it's 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 cool, man. Why can't just live in together? But at the same time, right. don't be afraid to try it out, man. Try it. That's do do what's right. okay with you. And, uh, and then this, that, well, this is where the this is where the yeah this, this is the part of the argument. I think where the left lose everybody because on the one end you're making a claim of supposed tolerance and free choice or whatever it is, but yeah. on the other end you're saying no. If you don't have, you know, it's it's a kind of a working hypocrisy. If you know all ideas are free except for these ideas, well, no, you yeah. know, I get, I get why does you think like that, and we could get into that discussion about, you know, I have my own again, my own two cents of a kind of meta discussion about that. But um, the thing is, it it has a working, it kind of implicit hypocrisy there, and at the same time, again, if if they're not careful with this, and they they already kind of see the. the fruits of the labor you know of the or you know which is if you're not careful it is you can have a massive backlash on you this is an example of this kind of bad behavior and not addressing the issue because not only you you undermine you undermine your own project in a sense yeah exactly and that is a mistake um, um, but anyway yeah continue yeah and and the next thing that that kind of turned me off actually this was just kind of painful to watch because of how just tacky and just badly taught off it was racial yeah. bloom's appearance because she kind of right. comes in I, and she does this kind of musical oh, number and um, I'm a big like, I'm a big fan of her yeah. I think she's a really great humorist and, and comedy writer but jeez boy that was that I don't was know what that painful was painful to watch because it's like her trying yes, to be right. all kind of you know vogue with it basically so can I talk about yeah it's right. cool man it's fun man explore your sexuality man yeah my vagina says that right. or something. There's, there's, there's a couple of lines where she yeah. says that basically and I was like right. what what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I yeah, get no, where yeah, yeah. coming from, but gosh, it's, man, they really? Can't, it's, it's one of those things, and it's one of those things you can't really backpedal and say, well, it's done ironically or in sarcasm. Uh, no. I, I didn't see like <laughs> it that doesn't work at like all, that. at all, at all, at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just get yeah, to it another... Yeah, it'll work like that, yeah. Yeah, and I'll just get to another moment in, in um, the, the, the show that I know will piss off a lot of um, conservative Christians, right? So the panspermia sequence, right? Um, The episode. Right. It opens with all these kind of um, visual aids, basically. So he's talking yep. about just the evolution of man and the world and stuff, right? So he has, right. you know, um, the globe and these are the dinosaurs and this is when the meteor land and, you know, the the, the ice age came, you know, took place. And then he right, has right, right. this mold of of, um, of Noah's Ark. And he just, okay. he takes Why? it and he's like, 
what is this doing here? What is this doing here? This didn't happen. That is, what is this? this doesn't make any sense. Right. Forget about it. And he throws it away. Now, I yep. know a lot of Christians are going to watch this. Like, uh, Alright, first of all, this is not me being the Christian critic, but I'm just saying as, as a Christian yep. myself, right? Like, I respect people's views and all that. To me, I kind of saw that like just a blatant kind of slap to the face. Jab, you know, like, yeah. Like a, yeah. like a jab. Like a like, cheap shot. Like, this is science, bitch. Where all this religion shit coming from? Blah! Take that. Right. So, dude, if you know right. you're... Like, I'm just saying, right? Uh, this is not me kind of um, lashing out at, at, at Bill's point of view and perspectives, right? If you ch- if he chooses not to believe in Noah's Ark, that's fine, whatever. If he wants to be- if he has all the scientific fact in his head, cool, no problem. I, I am not hating on him for that. I actually respect him to, for being brave to, you know, to stand by that. But at the same time, right. if you don't believe in it, then why do you have it there? It's kind of like telling people, remember, remember that, 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 um, that biblical story that, that you learned about when you were young yeah that don't make any sense because 2017 come on we right. all politically yeah, correct it, now it, a on, lot of it a lot of it has that um, so somebody everybody's make jokes like, about the left bro, with come on. the whole it's the current je- it's the current year joke yeah like, it's the current year and therefore that makes my argument valid man like come on right and, no, okay so yeah. this, this, and, is I'll, I'll this, this is something this is something this is what brings into one of the biggest problems of the show but continue right yeah, no, right, so this is something I, I have a very big problem with that side. But again, I'm a bit on the fence about it. Like, okay, so on one end, I, I am incredibly, I kind of pass that point, and I, I don't think I'll bob the argument or anything, but I, I've passed the point to understand how to treat these arguments with some kind of tact. Um, but I'll admit, if I had to be constantly in my daily life dealing with, say, a fundamentalist Christian who believe you were the 6,000 years old or something, I'd probably have this attitude. Right. Um. Of like, we, the will bill have this kind of, you know, really, um, you know, kind of caustic kind of attitude towards religiosity. Yeah. Um. For me, my attitude is more on the lines of somebody like, well, I don't know what, what you, which person to think about, but probably like somebody like a, a in terms of not so much a defense of religion, but uh, kind of acknowledgement of why it exists and why people think this way. Um. Somebody like a, a, a Jordan Peterson or somebody like that. Where right. yes, I do. I do. I'm not religious but i get why you think this way and it really doesn't help doing these cheap shots exactly and i also um, this right like it's 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 safe in today's society today to kind of question well did this really happen and did this not and it's up to you to decide yeah. to, to, to choose whether you believe it or not but don't just right. slap away the opinion and that that is yet another right. problem that i'll get into but continue but right, so in the case of this, as I say, how to treat you now, for me, if you're making a case for quote-unquote science, what you should do is just don't address it at all and not necessarily address it. Don't go out I your agree. way to... I agree, yeah. If you don't again, believe it's just it, bad. don't bring it in. Yeah, dicey thing. Don't waste your time about it. This is a scientific thing, blah, 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 blah. I, now, again, I don't even lend credence in this narrative of Noah's Ark as any legitimate historical credence. I don't try that. That is, that is not the point I'm trying to make. Right. However, you need to understand why the story exists at all. That's I agree, point. yeah. Don't have to necessarily be doesn't necessarily have to be actual history. I don't think anybody trying to make that serious case, or no serious person I think would make that case. Probably have a couple of people. I that is a different discussion to engage in. But <clears throat> you need to address where you're talking about and who. It, and that's the problem. It just shows like like Bill and and this side of the conversation don't really feed into the red meat. And that's basically what it is. He just engaging in, in red meat kind of bully pulpit talk. Yeah. You know, he need to go out of his way to insult blah 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 and do this to the other the other. And right. Bill as a caustic person don't really work. This is somebody for for when they were well when he was alive Christopher Hitchens to do, that's Christopher Hitchens' job, right? That's Richard Dawkins' job. That's their purpose, not you. 
Exactly. You're supposed to take. Like this teacher, science and the kids are because he has been really don't right. But and I get and I get it. I kind of I still get it because it's a really a kind of knee-jerk reaction to the election of Trump and and the kind of the rise of a lot of right-wing well apparently right-wing forces and and somewhat fascistic forces. I'll admit these people are real, but at the same time you have to be careful. Exactly. I don't know. I totally agree. I get I get I get why. I get the justification for one and the other. And it's one of those in the trenches versus in the command tower kind of thing. Right. You know, attitude in terms of like how you should push secularism forward. Um and, and, and liberalism and, and progressive what we call progressivism forward. But you have to be careful with that because you can end up having these blowback and I, what I call the poor master problem. They have a bunch of people who just yeah, they're gonna treat certain people like a murder weapon. And that is what I think I don't think Trump himself is some brilliant tactical political genius. He was just a murder weapon. <laughs> that yeah, was yeah. that is what it was. I, I get you. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Go so you. so which leads me to two things that really took away from the show, and I think this is what really brought it down a lot. Um, first of all, right. <clears throat> okay. So you have your own point of view on climate change and this like that, right? And it's good that right. you have like yeah. So each every uh, every episode has this panel discussion. This is like roughly about a five like under ten minutes, right? So every once in a while right. he'll bring in a skeptic with uh, regards to the to the topic, and that person would see what they have to see, you know. But it kind of just ends. It just kind of resolves itself where everyone just kind of expresses their own opinion on a, on a certain matter, and we okay. kind of hear what they have to say, their thoughts, and that's it. Really, it doesn't really solve the the, the problem. Really, it's just this is what we think, and right. Bill pretty much kind of ends it off with, well, this is what I think we should do, you know. So right, right, at the right. same time, it's kind of like. Yeah, this is what you think you should do, but um, what if other people don't see it that way? You know, right? So, well, that's the thing. Is, eh? like it, so, so is it that well, like for example, climate change? You're saying these things yeah. have to be done, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. But you know, what if some people disagree? You know, where's their right. voice? No, okay, that kind of so, thing. So again, climate change is a climate change is a perfect example of uh, as I think the facts are true, but the news is fake. Right. Climate change is a debate for me. Is one of those that yeah, no one no one even got the chance to have a policy discussion about climate change, unfortunately. And this is something I notice conservatives do. I don't know, this is just my two cents kind of psychology, armchair psychology and conservatives on this point. But I notice conservatives have, a, have seem to have the trouble of separating soundness from validity. So when you say this is the conclusion of climate change, instead of saying, all right, that decision is not necessarily the case, even though I, I do acknowledge anthropocentric climate change is occurring, um, they, instead of doing that, what they will do is just jump to attacking whether or not anthropocentric climate change is occurring. Right. And that's a huge mistake. So now, both sides talking past each other when it comes to that argument. That's what I think is going on. Um, so, you denying climate change, not helping me. So now I had to jump on you, hammer you when it comes to whether or not climate change happening. I do think it's happening. But when it comes to actually having a legitimate discussion about what exactly we should do given the case of climate change, should it be that we should have everybody pay a big carbon tax like Algo says or something like that. Again, I prob- again, I, I kind of straw man and Algo there, you know, for anybody who just think that that's what I think Algo is saying. Yeah. Um, but the, the, you get the point. And this is the mistake with, with guys like Bill. Again, Bill being the, the caustic fighter guy, it doesn't fit his his, his purpose very well. Um, yeah. For anybody who, who unclear about climate change, I do recommend the Potholer series videos, a guy called Potholer on YouTube. Right. God damn, that man is clear up. He just clear up climate change so well, and he is a very pro climate change. He doesn't get into the politics, doesn't jump into politics, but because he have to jump into a bunch of people with political agendas and take on those people, he end up by by default. But he himself doesn't put on a political opinion, right? Yeah. Now, that is how you're supposed to deal with climate change, people. Just stick to the facts 
and then argue what we should do after the fact. That is a big debate. Now that and that is a, that is where the, the real debate exists. Nobody has a chance to do that publicly because it's impossible to even set up that debate. The foundation can't even be laid down. Um, unfortunately, this is why I find Bill Nye might be a problem because he he himself just feeding into that con- that, that that battle now. Yeah, yeah. Instead of having a, a trying to create a proper space to talk and his show, from what I understand, again I have to watch the show myself. But from what I understand, the show doesn't seem to help that. No, no, it, it doesn't. But but one thing I give Kenan credit right. for is that he is willing to kind of debunk certain you know beliefs and certain things. Um, no, but no, yeah. And he kind of encourages people to do the same thing. But at the same time, you know, if you talk like you know with you know with 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 uh, for example, what he says about with sex, for example. You know, that right. analogy that he used with the ice cream and stuff and saying, yeah, well, you know, this is how it is now. So what if I right. don't believe it's like that, you know? So it's, it's right. maybe it's just I using the wrong words, but basically it's what I'm trying to say is that he has to kind of prom- um, talk about it in such a way that, you know, this is not, right, this is what I believe, fine, no problem. But what if I'm wrong? I'm not sure, but, you know. Right. That kind of thing, there. Instead of just kind of hammering you over the head and saying, "Yeah, this is what it is," right, yeah. this is with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And now I'll get to the. It's the clumsy. Se- yeah. Kind of unbalanced. And the second thing that that. Yeah. Like somebody mentioned this to me on Facebook, and it's only when I actually watched the full season I really got it. How he's trying to be relevant and you know contemporary and trying to keep up right pop culture and stuff. So first episode, there's this um skit where um designer, yes, designer panda. <laughs> is in this coffee shop and one of the correspondents I forgot I forgot her name uh, I think it's Carly Klaus she's this uh, really attractive um, a- uh, model very tall actually I didn't even realize right. she was like that like, like she's like six foot two or whatever yeah and she yeah. meets him at this coffee shop and she he, he, um, he talking about well you know um because of climate change, those 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 cocoa beans that they're gonna use there are gonna be extinct or whatever. You're not gonna they're right. gonna be very low supply and all that kind of stuff. But the joke kind of ends right. with him talking talking to a panda, like a legit panda, and right, she right. say, "Well, you know, the panda yeah. population going down and all that kind of thing." So that was like the joke. Right. So it's him trying to be relevant in 2017, just like how in the old show he was trying to you know try to be relevant with pop culture at the time with the musical yeah, segments and like, stuff yeah everybody but, well all of these all of these all of these science types always do that i mean they'll always yeah. um try to be uh, kind of relevant um kind of thing but yeah, here's but, the but thing because the show that, comes off a little cheesy at times so that, that right no that's 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 to be expected i mean will nye is a corny dude he never was he was never stylish um dude, that's kind of the most and, and, and the <laughs> right and the tie but because yeah. um I was thinking of the show. I was thinking of uh, recently. This was um, when Neil deGrasse Tyson did, did the remake to Cosmos on on Fox, which I, I thought that was watched, much unfortunately though. But I always right, no, wanted that, to. That was that was that was handling the situation a lot better. But then this was before Trump, and ah, people. Okay, okay. Um, I, I think liberals liberals did a, a really bad job of addressing the whole Trump thing because it, again, liberals have a poor job of of. I don't know what to, the big problem with liberals again. My, my own armchair arm psychology. Um, I think liberals have an issue with um, sacrificing the good for the perfect. Right. They, they always do that. And what they will do is say, okay, we either address what they consider their political opponents in, in one way or completely shut them out of the discussion. They don't really get a kind of balance. Because when, when things go don't go their way, their attitude is, well, the enemy taken, instead of the enemy taken, we give the enemy an inch and they took a mile. Right. And it's like, no, they don't take the mile yet. And they just take what they had to take. That's it. Did not not to go anywhere. That's a mistake. No. They can't halfway yeah. or see any in between. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of people start to see this as a kind of almost like a cult-like kind of behavior. No. 
It's right. like this kind of with us or against us kind of mindset. Right. And it kind of hurt them. It hurt them in politics, even though, well, today at the time of this recording, we had some interesting information coming from France. Uh, <laughs> but um, that that whole thing of what Bill Nye is putting in place, putting himself in and, and falling into these narratives um, is troublesome, I think, to say the least. And yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Today. I mean, he's still alive. It's not like he's going anywhere. But, yeah. you know, in future, how people see him and how I see him in the future, whatever. Right. Go ahead. But, um, but fortunately, though, and I'm going to say that the show is a total waste. I mean, I know we spent a lot of right. time talking about the not-so-good aspects of it. It is still right. very entertaining. It is still very informative. Right. Um, the on-location segments I thought are really great as well because he has, like, right. I think it's like about four correspondents who go to different um, areas of the world and just talking about scientific development with regards to the topic of the episode. I thought those were really great moments. I love the panel moments as well too because you get to hear other person's um, point of view on certain matters. I thought that was really cool. Yes, it doesn't really end with, oh, well, this is what we should do. It's just really, this is just my point of view. Oh, well, I don't believe that. This is my point of view. Yada, yada. So I'm glad that he kind of gives you know, just 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 a, a little space for people to see what's what they think, and not so much about what he believes. Um, and it is like you know, if you were to compare to how the old show was, there are certain things that kind of show back up. You know, the scientific experiment. You know, him kind of talking right. about how certain things work. Him bringing like a, a either his correspondent or a special guest to explain how certain things work. I mean, they're still there. And, you know, the team song, by the way, which is done by hip-hop artist slash producer, talent creator, is a nice little homage yeah. to the old show. It has his right. talent creator-isms in it, especially with the, you know, the, um, oh gosh, the synthesizer keyboards and stuff. But it yeah. still kind of reminds you of the, the old show. So it, it works. But uh, really, right. like I say, what kind of brings it on is just his, um, this, the, pers- the perspectives that he have on certain issues and just how he kind of frames it, I think it will really take a lot of people off, unfortunately. <laughs> Especially that 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 um that episode on sex and, you know, gender um, yeah, stuff yeah. here. Yeah, I know that one episode does just real piss people off, though, but still. Yeah. Um, but I still say you should give this one a watch. You mightn't... I won't yeah, say I, understand, I gonna, but you might, you might believe. You might accept everything that he says, but I still say you should just check like listen to what he says and you know it's up to you to really buy into it or not i'm not saying that everything right. he says is um is is not true but you know it's his perspective but it's really up to you to decide well okay yeah i, I believe that and this is i think this is might be one of the biggest issues when it comes to people who grew up on bill Nye, you know because the old show is like yeah, yeah exactly. everything that he says it's legit science it's what you learn in in school it's like yeah this is how yep this works this is how that works but now in today's society because of you know um, politics and whatnot it's all about whether this thing really uh, makes sense or if this is true and you trying to decide for yourself whether it's right or wrong if it's correct or incorrect and you debunking it or somebody debunking your beliefs and all these kind of things and it's all these kind of things that might kind of just throw people off you know it's like people coming into this like I want to learn about science dude I don't want you to come and tell me well you know sex is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's as simple as just but that's the thing I mean uh, that's, that's the problem is that if, in, ice cream like come on right but yeah. that's, that's the problem is that again you have to know to, to balance it and make it work because you can't exactly. every like all the big science things in the 20th century or even even just from since renaissance I mean Galileo right Yeah. you'll always have these this clash in, in politics science is politics you're, you're not gonna get away from that full stop all the big things was all the big discoveries all the things that we, we kind of take for granted today 
is sorry is politics is political or it was done by people that something that didn't seem political was done in an environment of extreme conditions of, of politics and then done by people who would have been political firebrands if you find out they realize or something like that probably alan turing is probably the, the big example of the 20th century for example right right um so you can't get away from it so as i said with, with bill he he has to be he, somebody has to be a vanguard in that domain however you have to be careful of how you do it and i this comes across as really clumsy and i don't know yeah as i say it's, it's one of those things that you have to rush you have to sometimes fools rush in and they get through right yeah. so so that's the old point yeah i don't but, know right well well for me though i i actually pretty glad that he is on television for for better for worse doing what okay. he loves talking about what he loves to talk about and you know right. just the the title of the show saves the world it has that kind of um that aspect it basically basically sorry about you know be aware of these things and we could all save the world it's just a matter of doing this and that but he right. just needs right. to be careful of how he frames it because you know there are different people with different beliefs watching this show and you know when you kind of take a piss on people's beliefs like for example, um, that that episode on sex and you know what I, what I said before about the Noah's yeah, yeah. acting, you know, people will get turned off of it and you'll just be like, you know, fuck Bill, I I grew up with this man and this is what you talking about right. that kind of thing. Like, so he has to be really yeah. careful. Um, I don't know if he's gonna get a second season of this. I'd be glad if he if he does to be honest, but right. I just hope that if he does get another season, he kind of just be careful of how he just frames these arguments and stuff and just. Right. Just remember the end of the day, it's about telling people, informing people about science, teaching them a thing or two. Um, right. So for what's worth, I would give this a light three and a half out of five. I would say it's it's really worth checking out. Okay. Um, yeah. I I actually binge a majority of the episodes, so you know, uh, and I would say well, I mean each episode runs for like about a half hour long, so it's not that right. long a watch anyway. But like in your case, Ricardo, I, I think this is what you should check out just to, to hear what he has to say and how he frames his um his statements. And really, for right, anybody right. going into it, it's up to you to kind of figure out um whether yeah what he's saying is the truth or not. So even he says this in a particular episode about debunking certain beliefs and things. So why not debunk right. what he's saying? You know what I mean? If you if he no, believes right. it, that fine, as, but as if, say, if if you give me the right to deny what you're saying and I have a legit reason why, then cool. No problem. We is a win-win, right? You right. This, as I say, I believe, as yeah. I say, it's yeah. As I say, it's a it's a it's a kind of insidious rhetorical trick that happens. So at least I'm saying serious trick, but it's a kind of weird relationship that goes on, where you have actually they make the, the running the running statement I keep making is the facts are true, but the news is fake, and people frame arguments very poorly. And then when you attack the arguments, they make, try to make it as if you're attacking the facts or you're attacking the soundness of the argument. That's not true, right? There's a there's a demarcation that people need to make and if you don't do that you have trouble and that's where the, the, the kind of the talking past each other part comes in um anyway so that's your written as, as a good run i will give it a chance um, yeah, yeah. songs great songs songs interesting in that sense yeah um, i mean it's not but, like the most horrible or the most controversial show out there right but it's still one that you just have to go in with your brain intact so do it just right. say well yes that's what i believe because bill and i says that no it's 2017 right, right, right. folks Use your brain, think right. about it. Don't be afraid to to deny or you know to debunk what other people say. And you know, right. like I say, he kind of promotes that anyway. So, like I say, if you don't believe what he says, then don't believe it. You know what I mean? Right. But if that's your point, if right. that's so, his, his pers- that's if that's his um, point of view, fine. But 
like I said, there are cool. other people watching the show, so just be careful. Bill, okay. yeah. Cool. Alright, All right, so um, from more just just quick interruption now again. Okay. No, no, wait. Before we go to yeah, we have more TV shows to reference because goddamn, it's have so much TV shows coming back. I know. Master of None season two, starts. Yes, which is coming right. this Friday, I believe. Anytime it's recording, right. I intend to watch it coming. because right. I love um, the first season. I can't wait to see right yeah. where Aziz goes yes, with this uh, new season here. Yeah. Right, American Gods. Right, I watch the first episode. Great, enjoy it. Um, I, I, I heard, I heard the, 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 premiere, um, the season premiere was excellent. Haven't seen yeah, it yet. Yeah, pretty but good actually. I, yeah. I will, I will check it out. Too. I never read the book. Never read the book. I, I, I always keep hearing about it. Yeah. Never read the book. Um, but I'm one of those just to take it in. It looks great. It's shot great. Um, this guy. Um, oh gosh, was he the fellow playing basically something akin to Odin? Um, I can't remember his name right now. He is great in this. Ah, oh, crap. What's this man name, boy? I I, I can't right, help uh, this, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Oh, oh, yeah, Ian oh, he's McShane. In this too. Okay. Yeah, he's in this. Um, great, solid business. Uh, enjoying this so, so far. Uh, that's great. And then, um, then basically another show, Sense It season two, is out. All right, I haven't um, seen is... the first season, but I heard some some great things about. Well, it's show. it's done by by some of my my favorite filmmakers of all time, the Wachowskis. Solid ah, business yes, from yes, them. Yes, they yes, always yes. good stuff. Even though they have some really crazy. Budget scripts in your story. I enjoy their filmmaking. They are good filmmakers. Right. Both of them. Yeah. Um, so that's just a quick, a quick just aside. Again, we'll, I'll just be peppering in between all these TV shows that come out. Because I have a holy crap ton of TV shows that came out. Yeah. That we have no time to watch out all. Time. <sighs> all right. So yeah, just, to, just to close off the, the TV show stuff, because we do have other things to discuss. Um, Dear White People, the yeah. TV series. Um, it premiered. Ah, boy. Yeah, it premiered on uh, April 28th of this yeah. year. I know the couple of trailers which came out on YouTube promoting this series yes. were, you know, sparked a lot of controversy, a lot of hate, a lot of dislikes right. and whatnot. Um, right. I, did, I didn't care about none of all of that. I just wanted to know if the show worked, you know. Um, and I actually got around right. to watching the movie, by the way. Um, I think it, it's it's a yeah. great, you know, uh, satirical indie film. Um, it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, early... Uh, Spike Lee, you know, the two major yeah. examples being School Days and yeah. Do the Writing, you know. I was impressed by it from from a direct from a direct um, a directing perspective. I was impressed yeah. by this. I love the you know the the the, the shot composition of, of 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 certain scenes, um the musical choices which yeah uh by the way they they, they pulled they, they got inspired from um Stanley Kubrick of all people. So some of the music that he used in what were the three movies? A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, and um, Eyes Wide Shut. Um, yep. those, yeah, those were the three movies that um, most notably he used a lot of classical music. Two thousand one, of course, but um, there weren't any uh, music from from those films actually. Well, sorry, there wasn't any right. music used for, in that movie used in the Dear White People movie. Um, yeah, the story I thought was was well told. Um, I was I was worried that it was going to venture into dark duty writing territory where the right. climax is going to be so shocking and this gut punch and all this kind of stuff and then it'll just end on a real depressing note but it kind of ends on this kind of ha ha you see how funny that is <laughs> that kind of really dry satiric right. tone and um, I was really hoping that it it comes up, uh, comes over into this TV series here um, yeah. but yeah Ricardo you just want to fill us in just briefly on what the series right. is about so I well, no, I just want to talk about the movie. Uh, okay, the movie well, yeah, and the series kind of overlaps. 
come out it, overlaps. It does, so this because is the same characters, but pretty much the same story. Yeah. But the timeline is pretty a little much. Different. And most of the actors, the only change, the only change of two actors actually, from what I understand so far. Um, I was a big fan of the movie. Big fan. Uh, Tessa Thompson's character was great. Oh, yeah. uh, she, her character was, and it, what it did with it was a nice little twist and, and spin out. The new person who's playing um, her character. Yeah, Logan Browning. Uh, Samantha. Um, Logan Browning. Yeah. Logan Browning is Trini, by the way. For one of No, 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 no. Actually, 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 you're wrong there, sir. Uh, the character no? of Kelsey, who Sorry? is. Yeah, the character of Kelsey, who is played by Nia. Um, Nia Juvia. Nia Juvia. She is Trini. She Juvia, has right. Trini Juvia. heritage. Oh, yeah. she's the Trini one. All right, okay. Yeah. I got that confused. And you wanted them was Trini. I no, at first when I heard it, I, I was thinking Logan, but actually no, it's 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 um it's it's Nia. I wish it was Logan right, okay. though. That would, that would be clever. Like, you know, your main character, right. your lead actress being of Trini. That would be like a big deal, you know, but eh, right. Anyway. right. And um the only change well they changed her and then they changed the guy who plays um this is everybody Play, who plays, Chris. Um, Lionel, yeah. I, I thought that, Lionel, that yeah. Tyler Williams was, was great as, as Lionel. Um, at, at, at first, the guy who plays him, um, Deron Horton, this is his name. At first, I was yeah. like, okay, he's yeah. just playing this sheepish introvert guy. A little too much, a little inactive, a little kind of like, um, right. you know, just not doing much. But then his character grew a lot more. I really loved his character act yeah. in this series. So he's, yeah. his character started to grow me a lot more. But Tyler just really won me over in the movie. And not just because right. of the big, <laughs> the biggest afro he had. But yeah. Right. But they do so they do they do a lot of uh a lot of like basically the modern issues with race. Yes. In two thousand and twelve, well it was two thousand fourteen at the time. Yeah. Uh well, well race and identity really. Yeah. Right. You know, in particular how, how, how black a lot are on you, the story. How white are you, that kind of thing. Right. And it'll be interesting to see now here's the thing. <laughs> the, the show I'll argue the show has some issues in terms of like translating to the modern political climate, but it still works for the most part. Um, the show itself was really clever. It did its material. It did its stuff in what Justin Simeon did in terms of telling the story about his character, what she's going through, you know, how she thinks about the world, why she's the way she is. They yeah. explained all that in the movie. Um, a bunch of idiots again. When the trailers came out, a bunch of idiots jumped on the, the trailer. None of these people saw. Clearly, didn't see the movie if they if they reacting like that, and. A shout out to, to Phil DeFranco who cleared that up very very well in his video addressing the issue. He himself watched the movie and said, "Yeah, you, you idiots are overreacting, and Correct. this is like really this kind of bad faith in general." Um, anyway, the series continues pretty much from the events of the movie. Yeah, well, pretty much right, from the starts. climatic event that um, right that yes, kind of capped off the, the movie. Yeah, 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 and. They do a jo- they do a good job of just saying okay let's take these ideas and then flesh out the logic yes. and the world building of how these people should go through and what they should deal with and what they have to deal with yeah and that's what they do is they, they do this like every episode they do a kind of focus on a character yes which I absolutely love by the way because love that um, totally the, the movie with the the time frame that it had only had so right. much time to really introduce these characters and give us an idea of who they are as as you know. As people, but yeah. you know, because we needed like you know a, a, a um, actual protagonist, they really focus more on Samantha White's character. And here, right. I, I was really, I was really glad that we got to see more characters and how they all, you know, fit within this whole 
um, story. So, for example, Samantha is the first character we see it in chapter one. That's the that's the title. So each each um, episode has a chapter. Um, Lionel gets his own. We we see some backstory. Those of Lionel, we see Troy, who was Samantha's um, ex boyfriend, and now he's kind of this day pretty much going up for um, with his uh, school pre- um, class president or something along that line. I'm not too sure, but yeah, he so he's that that um, that upper class black man that everybody kind of looking at, you know, want to be like him. You know, he, he he's like one of the most popular guys. I'm glad that he got some some backstory. Um, also. Who else? Boy, Coco, who is one of my favorite characters from the original movie. But one thing that they changed here is that she doesn't do a vlog anymore. I was like, um, where's the whole vlogging aspect, you know? But it's not there right, anymore, yeah. but you do get to see the history that she had with Samantha and how the, their relationship, um, how the friendship broke apart and why and all these different things. And, um, well, I'll, I'll, well, and just the, the other characters as well, too. Oh yes, yes, I forgot to mention Samantha White's white um boyfriend also gets an episode of his own too. We get to yeah. understand, you know, um where he relates into this whole situation. Because yes, he yeah, is yeah. the, the white boyfriend of this <laughs> seemingly black radical slash militant right. uh, female. Right. And you know, you, you yeah. get to understand how he feels being in the background and how people kinda tease him because oh you're white, blah 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 and all that kind of thing. That was really nice. But yeah, continue. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. So they, they, it, what it does, it, it just fleshes out that uh, working psychology um, with basically what race relations uh, is or could be, um, and it does it does that really, really well. Uh, this season, yeah, they just flesh out everything very, very good. Exactly. Um, throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. What I like this story to continue. What I like about the early episodes is how certain scenes you might see a character in the background. And then when they right. get their own episode, you see how their presence kind of relate to what happened in that particular scene, you know. So you see, you you would see like a a scene from one episode, you know, appear again in another episode, but then you see it from another person's perspective and all that kind of thing. I, I thought that was really excellent within the first few episodes. They don't really do it do it that much um, in right. the second half, but in the first half, that was excellently done. Right. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, what I would just say, though, because I don't want to reveal too much about the story, um, I was totally impressed by the acting. I thought that Logan Browning, you know, was great as as Samantha um, yeah. White. You know, just just her presence on screen. I not just talk about her looks, but you know, um, her her acting, her dialogue, just the way how she brought across that character. I thought was excellent. Um, I was really impressed by yeah. um, Coco's character, Antoinette Robinson, is the actress who plays her. Yeah. I was really impressed by her performance. Um, yeah, I was actually I was, I, was, I was quite surprised that so many people came back. Um, yeah, Brandon just come back because, well, they, could, they obviously could get Tessa Thompson. She making Marvel money now. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Brandon P. Bell, who plays Troy, he returns. Uh, he's still a yeah. kind of douchey kind of you know character, but I like that you get some more backstory so you kind of understand you know his 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 point of view and where he comes from. One thing that they changed though is that he doesn't yeah. have that white girlfriend anymore. That he had in the original film, who was just doing all these right, kind of yeah. out of time in ebonics. Uh, right, I wish, right, right, I wish right, you could have yeah. saw her, but you know she's not there, unfortunately. Um, who else? Uh, like I said, the the, the guy who plays um, Lionel, Deron Horton. At first, I was like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling his performance that much because he was just so reserved. But the right. more he kind of opened up, the more he, he got to learn more about his character and why he is the way he is. 
that's when it started to make sense and you know um yeah. what they do with him at the at the very at the final episode i thought was excellent as well i thought it worked yeah that's quite that's quite clever actually yeah um i yeah. wish you could have gotten a little bit more background in terms of the dean fairbanks um troy's father in this case that's the thing. Yeah, I, like, I knew I, again i knew they had to change the actor but i was like i was i, was, I didn't like who they chose to separate him yeah they, who got, they, chose um, to replace. they, they got uh Oba Babatunde. We've seen in, right. in, in in other shows as well, but um, uh, I don't know. With with this one, like I like some it's of the lines that he gave, yeah. But I felt yeah. that um, Dennis Hebert. That was your new cast. Yeah, like. yeah. I, I thought that he brought that that authoritative vibe a lot better than than um than o, um than Ober did. And you know the relationship right. that that um that his character had with the oh gosh I forget is the um the the white guy. Um, the other guy in charge, basically, their relationship. I didn't see that in in this um, series, unfortunately. I wish I could have seen that right. though, just that relationship between the two of them. Um, we yeah. also get some new characters. We get um, Nia Long actually isn't here too. This is like the second yes, TV show yes, I, 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 I was I was watching her. I was like, wait, I know Nia Long. Okay, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, she's she's also in Empire as well too. She's she's pretty much right. Cookie, uh, aka Taraji P Henson's. Um, rival basically and I hear like behind the scenes they are actually rivals I can't really okay. I can't really justify that but that's what that's what I heard I hear she plays this um this lesbian teacher who kind of has the huts for Troy that's all I'll say about that um right, I wish yeah, you no, that, done that, more that was hilarious what they do yeah, yeah yeah I wish you could have done more with her character there but she was just kind of like there in the background just there to add fuel to the fire that's going on in terms of Troy's life um who else wait uh the guy Oh gosh, the African exchange student. I thought he was hilarious. He had some great moments. I like how he was kind of like um, looking at America, like you know, why are you guys always arguing so much? Why you? Why don't you accept what you have and all those kind of things? I thought those were really, you know, genuinely great moments. Um, what right. else? The musical choices I thought were were excellent. I heard Tribe Called Quest. I heard We the People, which was a, a song that I always wish I could hear in a movie because of how militant songs just those pounding drums and they play it at the very last episode and I thought how they worked that in was pretty clever I heard Ronnie Jules yeah. my boys LP Killer Mike yes. last episode yeah. I was like yes LP yes yeah. um, I heard McGill no name in the first or second episode um, she has right. this kind of nice kind of R&B sounding rap um, they play it actually in the moment I believe is where um, Samantha and her boyfriend it's either yeah, I think it's one of those moments with her, either her or um, Samantha and Reggie, which is the guy who supports Samantha's movement. He's pretty much part of it, but he also kind of you know he has feelings for Samantha, and you know he's pissed yeah. off of the fact that she's dating this white man, and then there's right, this yeah, whole yeah. love triangle thing going on, which I thought was really nice. Um, what else? Uh, the storytelling I thought was great, um, but what else though? I, I really. <laughs> it's just the fact that I'm, I'm glad that Justin had the chance to do this thing as a, as a series now so he gave these characters yeah, more time really to glad read and develop I was actually I was actually shocked to, to see how heavily involved was in this because really at first at first I really thought oh well it's just he's just going to be executive producer or something like that just a producer kind of distant from the whole thing um, no he's really heavily involved you see him wrote episodes directed some episodes yeah. um, so it's just him just again a chance to flesh this out properly and yeah we really get to see this and it totally works for the most part yeah, and, and one thing though, um, I felt like he just took that TV Emmy rating to his advantage because my god, there are some yes. really raunchy 
<laughs> I don't want to say X-rated, but really no, like yeah, hard R works. moments. But you know, but it's it's about it's about college life. Does so you can expect right, that? It, yes, there will but, be sex but, and no, drugs. None of it feels right. None of it feels tasteless, particularly. No, no, no. Um, it, it does. It doesn't feel forced or tacked on at all. Which I right, give credit right. to you. So right. Once, once you do, once you do, do it forced or, or feels contrived, it's fine. But, yeah. You know, I don't really have a suit. Um, my my well one of oh yes and we also get some great narration from a boy Giancarlo Esposito who yes. you would know who played um bugging out from um do the writing you know uh, I thought that his really dry sarcastic narration worked excellently in this show um he kind of opens every episode out kind of talking about a particular character or about the school itself and the kind of crap that they're going through you know in terms of race yeah. and identity and all that kind of stuff um. There was a particular moment that took place that took that takes place um, in the middle of the season, which relates to Reggie's character. Um, I like it. Kind of came, it kind of caught me off guard, but I thought that was a really powerful moment, and I like how yeah. the rest of the, the the season kind of expanded on that. Um, but personally, if I just have like one gripe with the show, is like the same thing that I had with the original movie is that. I don't know, you expect him with a show that touches on race and because of like what Spike Lee did in the late eighties with those movies, you're expecting the yep. climax or the conclusion to be this powerful gut punch or something that hits in the heart like what school these did with the wake up sequence. But you know, right. the thing happens and it's like, Oh well it happened, it didn't work out the way it did. Oh well, okay. Moving on. That's how it feels. It it didn't really feel like Wow, I really feeling it really resonates with me now, and now it's making me kind of think about how I see myself as a black person and all these things. This is just right. like an opportunity for a character to do something, to take a stand, to really make a statement, and it doesn't work out the way it does, and it's just like, ah, oh, well, it just didn't work out. Okay, blah, end. You know, but I guess right. maybe if I watch it over again, it might, or maybe if I really watch the show again and really kind of dig in deep maybe that ending will work for, but for yeah, me just kind of like with, yeah, uh, whatever. yeah I think that's one issue with Simeon is that he doesn't really go past um, the kind of student filmy way about him I mean because yeah, 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 he, he doesn't agree. because well, I, I want to say yeah the Samantha White character is kind of the proxy for him and it really <laughs> remember she's a well she had a film class and I think she was a full I don't know I can't remember what her degree was if she was a full time film student I wasn't sure if um, she was full time but I know she had a couple projects right. that she was doing yeah any movie right. that and is. So, right, right, exactly. And so I, I, I couldn't really follow exactly how that was in the case of thing. And another problem is that, as I said, it doesn't really translate too well to particular um, how 2017 politics play out. So the question is, does it translate very well to 2017? That's a question, you know, again, post-Trump. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah I agree. Because they don't, they don't really right. bring up Trump at all, so it kind of feels like... At all, right. Yeah, this but, is like and you get 2016. That, you get the feeling that they made this... When they made this, it's like, oh well, it took Hillary Clinton would have win. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but, but, you got that feeling. But once again, just just like Titi reasons why it's set in 2017, right. they, they do address it. Well, they, they, had it's to make, they had to make the jump. But as I said, the, the projection was much different. No? So I get that. But it, it's uh, this alternate reality kind of thing. No? Yeah. Um, anyway. All right. It um, still, it, this was this was still. Well, I gotta give my rating quick. Um, yeah, yeah, this yeah. was really solid business for me. Um, I give this one like an eight out of ten, high eight out of ten, eight point five maybe. Um, I really enjoyed this. It was funny, it was clever. Um, it had me laughing. It had me yeah. It had some great character moments and it was just really well done and it paced itself very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just my quick rating. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that too. I was impressed by the acting. I was impressed by the storytelling, the dialogue, the narration. Um, just the majority of it worked for me. It's just that I felt that the the 
conclusion of the whole series should have had more impacts or more punched it just like with the movie but yeah. overall in terms of like t- um, movie to TV you know um, adaptation I thought this one was really solid so for me I would give this a yeah. decent 4 out of 5 stars I do recommend that you, you check it out don't go in expecting a lot of heavy handedness about race and this is why black and white people can't correlate and socialize anymore it's not like yeah, that. Exactly. it's just really showing how time how how we are today and how how deep-rooted racism and you know that kind of thing is and how it does affect us right, in our right. social lives yes, it does it does it yeah it does the, it does the inner working psychology stuff really really well um, yeah. you get great character moments from that um yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one and also it just includes it kind of shows like how in today's you know time because of you know Trayvon Martin and all that kind of stuff it's easy for you know black uh, sorry it's easy for Africa Afro-Americans to be all mad and militant and yes it's the white people and I don't trust white people and that kind of thing but you know right. it's that 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 never solves anything it never does I mean it's fine to protest and complain and talk and address certain issues but really hating on another race because of what some stupid people do is never the, the best way to solve anything and that's what I love Right. That's what I loved about the movie, how they addressed that, and same thing about the series here. So, yeah, this is one that you're gonna enjoy. I mean, it, it you know, both cerebrally and and emotionally as well. To it, I I felt that it works, and you do get some great genuine laughs out of it. It's really smart, it's really clever, really funny as well. But it has a point to, to make, and you know, it's just a right. matter of you just stayed focused and really figuring it out for yourself. So yeah, solid four yeah. out of five stars. Oh, sorry, decent four out of five stars. Sorry. We'll check it out. Right. Right. So All right. now we're going to get into movies. Um, right. So movies movies that we miss now. There's a bunch of movies that should have come down and didn't come down. And yeah, you get a chance yeah, to see. Yeah. Uh, but stuff like, well, Lost City as he finally came down from what I understand. So I'm going to try to make the effort to get to see that maybe. Right. Um, a bunch of other shows. A bunch of other stuff that I just missed and I wanted to see. They just slip in my mind. I, like, actually, I hate when I actually have to write down stuff on a list. That's just tell you how many stuff coming out and it just it obscure enough to, to pass my radar um but yeah colossal is one and we're gonna talk about that now yeah uh all right so colossal is let's jump to colossal. Yeah, yeah pretty much a is a mixture of sci-fi and black comedy it's directed by nacho yeah. vigalondo a name that i have yeah, never heard of yeah. honestly i'm, I'm uh, i yeah he's, he's a, a strange filmmaker. but yeah. it's yeah mexican i think it was spanish uh Spanish, Spanish. Okay. Yeah, so right. I've okay. never right. seen his work actually. I, I I heard that he he did one of the segments of um this popular horror anthology film series VHS, which I haven't seen yet. Soon, right. right. um. But yeah, with this one, basically, it's this kind of weird mixture of, like I said, black comedy and sci-fi. So it centers on the character of Gloria, played by Anne Hathaway, who uh, sorry, right. just looks gorgeous in every scene she's in. Just seeing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, she is this unemployed writer. She's dealing with alcoholism, and um, in yeah. an early scene we see Dan Stevens, one probably like for the third time this year, <laughs> um, that who 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 plays her boyfriend actually, you know, just kind of coming out and saying, yeah, just fill up, I just really fill up your shit, go on, sort yeah. your sort your life out. So yeah. she goes back to her childhood town. She runs into an old friend of hers named um, Oscar, who's played by Jesus Sudeikis. And, um, yep. yeah, so he kind of gives her a job at this bar that he works at. And, you know, she kind of mingles with the, 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 the people who work there. And, yeah, she's still kind of sorting herself out, trying to get her own place. And, of course, even yep. the whole alcoholism stuff. 
So while all this is going on, halfway across the world in in um in South Korea, there is this big gigantic kaiju that's just going around, just destroying stuff and killing people in the process. And she's kind of oblivious to that until one day when she kind of sees this news report, this live footage of this this monster just uh, roaming through the streets and stuff. And yeah, eventually she, she kind of realizes. Yeah, she eventually yeah, she kind of realizes she that. the monster. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. Saying, she notices the monster has a physical tick that is similar to hers. Yes, yes, and yes. And she yes. started corroborating certain information. Yeah. So like, mm, what's so, going on yeah, right. so, long story short, she realizes that, yes, she somehow is controlling this creature. I'm not going to say how is this kind of right. weird phenomenon that the movie kind of smart, um, kind of, it, it really, it shows it, but it doesn't really stop everything to say well this is how it happens it just kind of shows well this is the circumstance that led to this thing happening so it's her kind of dealing with the fact that she is controlling this this monster and at the same time it kind of relates to her dealing with her her alcoholism then at the same time it kind of goes into the the film goes into some really dark territory where we we realize that Oscar is not this really nice guy that uh, we kind of thought he was He's right. kind of a dick and a psychotic yeah. one at that, you know. And yeah. yeah, well, we could just jump into the review here one time. So, Ricardo, what what were your thoughts on on the show? I like this film, but I really wanted to love this film. Um, the last third, the last act was a little underwhel- underwhelming for me. Um, but just the setup and the whole premise so crazy and over and so bizarre. It really, really worked in that sense, but just they just it didn't have a good enough payoff. And then when they explained the, the kind of working causal mechanism of what going on, I didn't really care for that. That was just kind of I don't know, just really poorly thought out and not really didn't really have a particularly good payoff in my opinion. Um, but the thing is, from a character standpoint, it's solid business. Um, you know, the idea I think really what the, the subtext is is just people who the idea of success and jealousy and friendship. And you know, especially with with Jason Sudeikis and and uh, and Hathaway's characters, um, just that idea of what it is you would do in terms of power. If you had the chance to to do this, how you would vent your your destructive and destructive attitudes are just kind of seeded and lined up now. And that's how the movie just played itself out. But the problem is that it didn't really have a particularly good payoff in my opinion. I thought the ending would have been more clever. I thought they would have done something more interesting with it, and they didn't really do that. Still good. It's not that fun. It's not a good, good character piece, um, especially Anne Hathaway's characters. Uh, but I just couldn't get into it because of that ending. Yeah, and then it was kind of weak when they explain how they're doing, what they're doing, and why they connected. It was just like, oh, that's it. And oh well, Jason Sudeikis' character dies, dies what he is. All right, that's it. Didn't really care for that. Yeah. Um, but overall, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. I had fun, especially when they, 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 she had to kind of piece together what was going on. That stuff was solid for me, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's so funny, and it's a nice little deconstruction of both the whole, going, you know, you know, of a lot of these movies of the characters being depressed and going back to town, yeah. and then the kaiju content. So to see that that little nice synthesis work on, but, but it because as a, as a overall story, it just didn't really gel together. But it was nice to see two deconstructions happening at the same time, and I just it's just a shame that you couldn't stick the landing with this with the narrative. But overall, I I enjoyed this movie. I liked it, but I didn't want to. I can't say I love it, and I really wanted to love it. Anyway, yeah, I just well, put two cents on that. We could just talk about. I, I mean, we could get into, probably get into slight spoiler territory, but this is something that people are kind of going. This is one of those movies that are kind of going blind though, for you to enjoy more. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would totally agree. And I think I kind of, I kind of angry that I, I knew what it was about going in, so it was like, okay, I should have enjoyed more if I didn't know what was going on. 
Well, for me, I didn't know much except from what I saw in the poster, which is a really cool poster, by the way, of Anne Hathaway scratching her head at the kaiju doing the yeah. same thing. I thought that was really clever. So I kind of went in kind of blank. I didn't want to yeah. know much about it because I didn't want to, I didn't want it to, you know, spoil my enjoyment of the film. But for me, um, yeah. I, I really was expecting this thing either to be a lot smarter than it was or a lot funnier than it was because of just this weird premise. Right. And the way how it kind of balances the two works at times, but I felt that oftentimes it kind of loses focus. Like sometimes, you know, it would be like this really dark kind of, uh, you know, look at, you know, this person having to deal with so- what someone's success and how that affects somebody. And then at the same time, you, you, you try to relate to that to, uh, you know, this person discovering something very amazing, very cool, and, you know, all the hilarious hijinks that come out of that. And I felt that at times it can, the, the, the film itself kind of loses balance because of that. Um, but really what saves it is just the, 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 the solid acting from both Anne Hathaway, yeah. who, yes, I say she is gorgeous on screen. Every time she's on screen, I was like, damn, she's she's gorgeous, yo. But, yeah. you know, she she is she really proves once again why she is one of the best actresses out there. Um, but Jesus Sudeikis, though, I yeah. was surprised by his yeah, role. Yeah, you're the big standout for yeah. this for me. Yeah, like I'm not the biggest fan of him. I know I know him in terms of comedy, but I've never seen him do a dramatic performance. And this, the way how his character just kind of switches from being all kind and lighthearted to just being dark and psychotic was really threw me off guard. I did not see this coming at all. I thought it was just about Gloria dealing with her thing with the monster, but I didn't expect that. Yeah, he would have this big he would have this bigger um, oh, part to play in this thing too. The way yeah. how they yeah. do it though, like at first when his character switches, really caught me off guard and I was I was really engaged to see how it would play out. And then they try to explain kind of briefly why why, you know, they are part of the situation. And to me this kinda flew past me. I was just like, uh yeah, I don't really quite get. And yes, I, I get the fact that, you know, the movie is playing off of its own absurdity. It's not like stopping and trying to explain to the audience this is why Gloria could be able to control the creature and, you know, trying to logically explain things. Uh, I, I kind of like the fact right. that they, uh, uh, they kept it open, but at the same time, you know, there, there are moments where they kind of try to explain and, you know, like, I wish, I, I was kind of wishing for explanation uh, some parts and no explanation in other no, parts. That's what okay. I'm trying to say. With such, a, with such outlandish, that's a mistake, I think, the, the, the narrative, the immediate narrative is that uh, with such outlandish premise, you either when you have outlandish premises like this, especially in, in fantasy and science fiction, you either have to explain it properly or don't explain it at all. Because when you give a kind of half explanation, you end up coming across you end up coming across kind of dumb. Um, because the audience has to imply certain things as like, no, that don't really make any sense. A perfect person who knows how to dudge his explanations and narrative is Chris Nolan. Yeah. You ever notice like in um in Inception, for example, they never explain how that machine works. No. Right? What they do is they explain that serious people acknowledge the machine works so they say things like the military uses it and this person is doing their phd and they know how to use it and they're trained in a university so he he does a good job of giving the, the trappings of something serious around something that can't really be explained very well right if you think about it um okay not, makes sense I don't think you'll ever... yeah right and that, that was the mistake i think they made with this they should have either just kept it completely mysterious and then give the trappings of that so they shall say well scientists trying to do this and da 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 trying to do that and quantum mechanics blah 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 some crap you could have come up with but they decided to just make it 
what they, they well they do explain it and it's kind of dumb sorry that, yeah, that just it, it, it is it is so kind of well, yeah, that's, that's the thing too, I, because of the the style of it, this whole absurdist kind of thing. But then you you try to be right. serious with the whole thing with glorious story. Right. If they yeah, like if they played it absurdist, I would just be like, oh, well, okay, well, it's right. not meant to be taken seriously. But because they trying to balance this seriousness with the kind of weird humor, right. I can't help but really. And, act and they should really have kept it about the know. character emotion stuff entirely. Like, don't even try to explain how this happened. Yeah. Don't don't try. That didn't work. It didn't even like it didn't connect to anything because it was working on its own by itself. Just leave it as just. Well, this is just a tool for characters. Whatever. Yeah, and another thing too, because of this tone, you know, between absurd this comedy and you know, kind of serious drama, pretty much. Um, I felt right. that it affected the piece of the show because there were numerous scenes, numerous moments in it where I was like, "Come on, just pick up the piece." There. Like the right. the scenes at the bar with them talking and. Um, you know, Gloria trying to start this relationship with one of the workers and they don't really do anything with that. I just felt those moments just kind of dragged the story along. Like, I wanted to know, I really wanted to understand her relationship with the, the kaiju. <coughs> and I just felt that they would just spend so much time trying to develop their, um, you know, her relationship with um, with Oscar and the other guys at the bar. I just felt, I find they spent too much time there. Like, I get they're trying to right. really establish you know, her dealing with her alcoholism and, you know, just even the fact that she working in a bar makes it all the more ironic. Ha ha ha. But still Yeah, yeah. But still, it's just those moments just felt like they were just really slowing the story down too much. Like I'm not saying that the show should just be like a, a, a full tilt um kaiju movie, but still the audience coming expecting wanted to understand what Anne Hathaway has to do with this monster. And then you have these moments at the bar just there just kinda stopping the, the whole film, you know, just to establish, um, establish character and mood and tone. But I just felt like it just really dragged the film down way too much for me. I I, I was bored at, at some of those moments, to be honest. I just wish that it, it, it picked the piece up. I wish that it could have gotten to the to the real meat and bones of the story instead of, oh, well, right. this is what we do on a Saturday night afterward, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I can't really say that I hate the show. The acting really um, stood out. Um, the, the kaiju thing worked for the most part. I just wish that it the film itself really should have made up its mind what it was trying to be. And then I would right. have cared a lot more for the kaiju thing. It, to, to me, the kaiju thing was just like an afterthought. Like, hey, how could we make this thing even more interesting? Wait, hey, I know. Remember that movie, Pacific River? And, you know, those creatures say, Let, let's just have one of those <laughs> be, you know, yeah, no. uh, the crux of the show, you know? But right. I know. But I can't really say that I hate the show at all. I... I did enjoy it for the most part, but I just really wanted more out of it personally. Um, not yep. just off of the, the comedy and the story, but just the emotion. Like I wish I could have felt a little bit more emotionally invested in Gloria. Like I got her character's um, arc and stuff. And I agree with you, the end was kind of a letdown. It was just like, what, are, are supposed to be cheering at this point in time? Or just be like laughing? I don't know, it just kind of ends and you're like, okay, that's the best way y'all could have ended by. That was... Right. <laughs> yeah. Um but Rita, what what would you give it? I give this one a movie tongue. Um it's solid. I thought it had so, it had a lot of strong character pieces and moments, but plot itself just not bad, it's not a, a horrible ending because I thought it was kinda clever what they did with the ending, but it just they just made a it was a few missteps coming on in the end here. As I said, it it, it, had a, it was a good set but it didn't have it didn't stick the landing. Um yeah, agreed. That was kinda that was kind of the, the, the quick uh, metaphor I use. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. I liked it. 
Yeah. Um, it had a lot of great character moments, but ultimately it just didn't stick the landing, and it, it really pulled it down at the end. Yeah, it really um, was building up to something, and then after the second act, the third act was like, okay, they didn't really do a good job with that. No. Overall, still give it a nice, a decent score. Yeah. Movie talk. Uh, well, for me, I do see this show showing up on a lot of top ten lists, you know, at the end of the year because of how it might, yeah. strange but and how it's, original it's a, it's it is. Like, I gotta put this. Um, I won't go as far as seeing it, but it, it has a kind of Swiss Army Man vibe to everything in a sense. Yeah, I but got that from it. But we could argue that a Swiss Army Man, for better or for worse, had more emotion, well, had more emotional weight. To right, it. that's the difference. Yeah, yeah this one, because this one it was it, 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 because the, the the subject matter was so basic about you know belonging and feeling you know you know loneliness and having to deal with it. That's something universal. You know, right. here is about um, this person deal with alcoholism, and then you say that you want to care, but you say it's kind of like well. You know, you kind of look right. for that. You, it's, it's your fault, that kind of thing. You just need to get your shit together, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's yeah. trying to relate to that person was kind of hard, and maybe that's why I didn't really, right. f- uh, that's why I didn't really find myself invested too much in it. But still, the acting right. sold it from her, um, Anne Hathaway, once again, you know, just that great presence on screen. So, um, made, it, made, it, made it watchable for me. So, for me, I would give this a decent 3 out of 5. It was I for me. Um, I don't see myself okay, yeah. watching this again. But if you're looking for something a little different, a little unique, and you don't mind watching, you know, Anne Hathaway and her gorgeousness on screen, give it a look. You might yep. like it. Yeah. And cool. to close things off, finally, at long last, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dos. Ah, boy. So I'll just kind of start things off. So, yeah, 2014 for me was the year for Marvel, boy. They had two solid movies under their belt yeah. first being Captain America the Winter Soldier which still remains yeah. uh, my favorite movie of 2014 this one came yeah. and just knocked just blew me away literally I just and was, for me still I, I, a lot of people I've seen a lot of people rating it differently but for me it's, it's amongst the best of the MCU it is, it is, um, it is and it remains yeah. and we'll get to this in a bit it remains to me the best sequel of any of, of all the MCU movies thus far yeah, you know, better than Thor, better than Iron Man, and we'll get to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two in a bit. And yes, in the same year, we also got Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a film that I was excited for. Um, a lot of people went into this not knowing a single thing about who these characters are. They just knew the actors on board. They knew Chris Pratt, of yeah. course. They knew Zoe Saldana. They knew Dave Bautista. You know, they knew all these people. They knew Bradley Cooper. They knew Vin Diesel. And you know, we came out just surprised and blown away. This was like. You know the, the 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 Star Wars of the 2010s. A lot of people call it that, and yes, this was the in terms of like box office numbers. This was the most successful movie of the year, and rightfully so. And I yeah. watch it again. Well, probably like about the fifth time. You know, prior to watching Volume Two, and it still holds up to me right now. It is one of my favorite um, Marvel uh, MCU movies like ever. It really holds up. I really do. First one, it. yeah. Yeah, the first one. So, of course, going into Volume 2, you're excited. You can't wait to see what they do next. But then again, you have to think about, you know, MCU's track records when it comes to sequels. You know, case in point, right. Iron Man 2 and, you know, Thor right. the Dark World. So, you know, it is easy to go into this thing with a bit of skepticism. Like, yeah, will this thing really live up to the hype? Or will it not? I don't know. Um, so, Ricardo, you just want to fill us in on what the premise is without spoiling too much ah uh, yes so yeah. this premise follows up from a little plot little introduction of a character known as Peter Quill uh-huh. they kind of follow up on what, what's going on with him from the first film in the first film 
they mention that he's a kind of a special boy. Yeah. And he's they special they explain boy. why. And yeah, they explain they explain why and what's going on there. Um basically that's the whole plot. The whole plot is to explain well why Peter Quill is so special. Yeah. And they explain they do they don't do ready um major like overall MCU stuff. In fact this this movie is surprisingly isolated from the from the rest of the MCU. Um, because they don't really bring in Infinity Gem. They don't mean they barely mention Xander in this one. Um, they barely mention Thanos at all. They barely mention Thanos. In you fact, don't even in see fact, Thanos I, I will, in this movie at all. No, we don't see him at all. But in fact, the only mention of him is some, is something that I thought they could have probably cut out. It, it was large. It's largely unnecessary to the main plot. Um, it is thematically very strong, um, but I thought it didn't tie together very well. Yeah, um, um, but, but we forgot to mention to the, the the rest of the Guardians, they are given their right. own. Well, they're given right. their own kind of um little mini adventures, so to speak. So we have right. um. You know, we have Rocket Raccoon, once again played by Bradley Cooper. Um, Baby Groot. Yep. Well, Groot, now called Baby Groot, played by Vin Diesel once again. And uh, yep. another character from the first film by the name of Yondu, played by Michael Rooker. They yep. have their own little separate adventure. Gamora, once again played by Zoe Zaldana, has her own little yep. side story in terms of her sister. Nebula, played by Karen Gillan. Um, Dave Bautista, who plays Draxi Destroyer. He has a particular little story with um, a new character named Mantis. Um, what's yes. the actress's name? Uh, Palm Clementi, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. So it's just yeah. like, basically for me, I, this this movie kind of reminds me a lot of Empire Strikes Back. Not just because of the bigger and bolder, you know, storytelling, but because of how our favorite heroes are kind of separated. So they have their own little different adventure going on and they all meet up together in the end. And not just that, but also right. slight little spoiler, even though you saw it in the trailers. We have the aspect of one of our protagonists, <laughs> the reveal of his father, who is played by Kurt Russell. You know, Russell, um, there's yeah. something very important with him, and um, of course we have some other characters. One of them being um, Aisha, who is leader of this race of aliens, these cool um, skin aliens called the Sovereign, who yeah. pretty much hire the the guardians to do a job. And then one of the right. characters do some bad, and then it's just pretty much them kind of chasing them through right. in this kind of um, firefly kind of aspect, kind of chasing them all through the galaxy. So it's all these different things. In this one movie, right. uh, this movie, as I said, it, it kind of suffers from sequelitis. Yes, it does. Um, oh my god, it, it does. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't hate it, but the here's the thing. To me, here's, here's how I, I kind of demarcate good movies from great movies. A good movie has good theme and good narrative. A great movie has good theme and narrative intertwined with each other seamlessly, and that's what this movie didn't really do so well. It just everything felt somewhat disjointed and, and a bit lack of, like it, it lacked focus in my opinion so the theme is strong yeah the, it the, is the it whole is, theme is. is about the theme is about fatherhood and, and family and the narrative itself was okay well it was like a kind of classic well the kind of running talking point for this point is that it's a kind of typical Star Trek episode like a TOS Star Trek episode mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the working talking point I, I noticed and I kind of noticed that as well is that alright that kind of interesting but it wasn't that cool when they reveal like what he what he quote unquote villain was up to blah 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 yeah right and it, it had a kind of typical Star Trek kind of feel to, vibe to it um, and that it, 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 I thought they would have done something more interesting there didn't really do that it was kind of not that interesting um, or at least, at least I should say the concept could have been interesting if they fleshed it out a little better 
right? They just explain it, and it was just a big info dump, and I couldn't really attach myself to that. And because so much of the side characters' narrative didn't really wrap up particularly well, in fact, I, in fact, I'll go as far as saying one of the side stories could have been cut from the narrative entirely. Um, I didn't really feel, you know, this story as well. It just didn't flow as well. So the, the first movie had had a couple problems with that plot thing because it was just this villain and he just had up MacGuffin and he's gonna do this and the Guardians have to stop him. Straightforward, but it flowed better. This one didn't really flow better. It just just was a little meandering and it again suffered from sequelitis. But the good in it is really good in this movie. Visuals, amazing. Um, sound and the music, great. The humor, great. Kind of amazing actually. It's like much better than the first film. And then the action was okay, but all the action kind of stopped the movie. And again, that seemed not really addressing the main plot very well. It just seemed to like be a set piece and then mm. move on. So it was just a, to serve for jokes. Yeah. But this one, because I, I think it didn't really serve the main narrative particularly well and didn't tie together as good as the first film, I didn't like this one anyway, not as much as the, the first film. Um, Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. You could All right. Well, I, 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 that's kind of my quick, quick initial. Okay. Well, I, I agree with you for the most part, though. Um, visually, this movie is wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, what I loved about the first movie was just how visually spectacular and gorgeous it looked. And I, I at, at first, I would have, I actually would put this as the first movie, of course, being probably the, the best in terms of visuals of all the MCU movies. This one right here, Volume Two, trumps the first movie by far. Like a huge majority of the shots in here look so gorgeous, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. yeah. I guess yeah. It's because of the bright colors, the kind of psychedelic vibe of it, you know, it's yeah. it's a it's just visual eye candy. And yeah. like, I made this joke uh, after watching the show. Like, I imagine like in the next five, ten years, they will have this art. Somebody will put out an article about best movies to watch while high. And they would put yeah. this movie, yeah, <laughs> Volume Two on this list because yeah. my God, I can yeah. just imagine people yeah. in the next five, ten years just um, taking like hallucinogens or you know smoking weed and just getting high to this show. And I'll get to the whole drug thing in a bit, right? So, um, yeah, from a visual standpoint, this movie is gorgeous. It's probably the most gorgeous yeah. MCU MCU movie I have ever seen. Uh, and I'll just. I, I can't wait to hear, okay, for best visual effects, you're going to nominate this show. Like, I'm rooting for this show to be nominated uh, for best visual effects for next year Academy Awards or some other awards or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, it, might get, it might get best cinematography, maybe. Yeah. I was thinking the same or thing, too. Along. Yeah. yeah. Um, Story-wise, I really do like the fact that they went out of their way to be, you know, a lot grander, a lot bigger, a lot bolder. Because a sequel, yeah. you expect that, especially when it comes to sci-fi. You know, you've seen this historically. You know, with with, with a lot of uh, sci-fi franchise, uh, franchises, the 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 catch is always to be bigger and better than before. And yes, it is bigger. The stakes are a little bit higher, you could say. Uh, but I really did feel the scale, the you know, the, of of how big the sequel is. But after I agree with you, it does suffer from sequel itis. It's this thing yeah. about just being bigger and bigger. And everything just had to be big. And everybody just yeah. have to get the time to share. Everybody have to have yeah. a moment. I, I, I think know? that was that was that's the thing with Gunn. Eh? So Gunn, because he loves his characters, he, he ended up choosing character over plot in this. You could tell. Yes. Um, and from his standpoint, it felt like a kind of opportunity cost. Um, he was like, all right, well, I could either have this scene and have this whole scene flashing out his character, or 
cut it and make the story work better. And he yeah. just he didn't seem to care. He's like, yeah. I right, know, make the characters work more than this. Exactly. I, as I say, there's stuff that I personally would have cut, but I suppose if I was in his place, I'd probably do the same thing. So I don't know. Yeah, like like I like the fact, and you know, once again, well, well, yeah, this is this is really going to audiences' expectations. They want more of the good stuff that they got with the first movie, right? So yes, you get to see more Groot. In this case, he's a baby, you know, he's he's a baby though. So you know, I do a lot of moments where <laughs> you know some of the female patrons who were with me were like going, oh, oh, you know, every time he's on screen, you know, he has these these really funny moments as well. So yes, you get your Groot, you get your uh, Rocket, you get your Drax. Who, by the way, for me, stole the show. I t- I did not expect Dave Bautista to have that much comedic rage. I thought he was the funniest no, no, yeah, in the whole show. No, no, yeah, the yeah. The human, this was amazing. In fact, it was like Drax again. Drax is my favorite. He was my favorite in the first film. Um, he's he's so funny in this and so goddamn savage. Exactly. Uh, just this, just yeah, how but, brutal he is with his opinions. Though. Like, no, but it was just, so. It was like but it was you so just watch him be like, yeah, was, you're ugly. Ha ha ha. You know, I laugh at you. No, but it was so good. He, his 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 comedic time. It was so good that even the stuff that was saw in the trailer, um, I you watch it over any full context of the scene. It's still really funny. Like that whole thing with the emotions and involving. Yeah, Mantis with, with Mantis reading well, emotions, it's like, ha ha right. ha, was, he read yeah, your deepest, they, darkest secrets, ha 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 Yeah, the whole sequence was still really funny. Um, they just did such a good job with that, so the humor was on point. Yeah, it, it, it was, was it was. And it, was. I, I know it wasn't that, um, a lot, some of it felt a little ham-fisted and kind of corny, but it, it still had that kind of trauma, kind of humor to everything, where, and that's James Gunn, so it's like, that's part of his signature anyway, so I didn't really feel that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, but in mind, so it was fine. Right. And I also like the fact that you get to see more moments with, um, you know, with your favorite characters. So we got to see more of, you know, um, of Rocket having to learn to be a team player and having to work with people and all that kind of stuff. I- I'm glad they get those moments. I really love what they did in terms with um, Yondu's character because um, for me, like with Michael Rooker, he- he's-, he's the actor who, for me, tends to play a-holes. So like case in point, um, right. gla- uh, not Gladiator, sorry, Cliffhanger. That was the first time I ever saw him act in a movie, and I was like, yeah, he's a real asshole, though, but still. And right. yes, uh, there is a, another actor from that movie, I'm not going to say who, who also appears in this, and just seen both of them together. It's like, yeah, Cliffhanger once again, I saw that. Um, right, yeah. But I like that they give him some, some character depth, and you really realize that he's not that bad or terrible of a person. At least he's trying yeah. to be good. I like how they did that, and the way how, you know, his yeah, character no, arc, that, especially how that yeah, ended, no, his, his, his so arc, on point. His arc served, yeah, his arc served of good purpose, I think, in the movie. Um, it, it tied in very, very well for the most part. It did, um, yeah. I would have done a couple of difference with the, with wherever, the action itself, but it worked. It totally worked, yeah. and I, I totally got what he was trying to do there. But right. then it had another character that just didn't need to be in this movie entirely. I would have probably cut her. Kind of spoiling it already, yeah. But you know, you will probably you could probably guess who we're talking about without her, right? Yeah. Um, it didn't really it like I get it, I get why they did it from from a character standpoint, but it didn't gel to the main narrative very well, in my opinion. Well, well for it me, was just yeah. Well, well for me, unfortunately, it, well, what I would say is that they didn't do much with it. Um, like, yeah. So case in point, the relationship, the relationship, sorry, between Gamora and um, Star yeah, Lord. Well, yeah, Peter Quill, right? Which was one highlight from the, one highlight out of many from the first film I wish that you know they didn't really do much of it it just kind of came as an afterthought like um, nearing the end of the second act it's like oh yeah they they, they you know Starlord does like Gamora and there's one scene where he's dancing to this you know this really 
excellent um, love song from like the 60s or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, it reminds me of that moment from, you know, the first film when they were dancing together. But you know, it's like they didn't really spend that much time on the two of them. It's just more on um, on Star-Lord and his father. And then, you know, all these different, you know, duels basically. So it's all about these duels dealing with particular issues. And then at times, I felt that the film kind of focuses more on one than the other. So like there's this this huge chunk of time devoted to um, to Rocket and Groot yeah. and Yondu right. trying That's... to break out of a prison. And then, you know, at, at a point in time, you, you forget, oh, well, this story is about Stalo and his father. And then you forget, and then they try to do this thing with Gamera and uh, Gamora, sorry, oops, and um, Nebula and... You know, sometimes they, they kind of touch it and then they forget about it. Like, oh yeah, Nebula's in, in this movie as well too. And then when she's there, you know, they, they try to give her a little moment, you know, for her to really make it, you know, feel sorry for her. And like, while I get where she was coming from in terms of the, the, the dialogue, I felt that the performance was a little hammy, a little over the top. It was just her kind of scowling and being angry like you know me like that but that's how her character was but i felt like at that moment where she had to be dramatic you know it's kind of like yeah just tone it a little bit and that's saying that karen gillan is a terrible actress i actually love her as actress um you know from early days at at doctor who and stuff but i just felt with the character of nebula she kind of went a little overboard she just needed to tone it down a bit um right yeah we do get all these character moments and stuff but still it was just right. so much going on into a story to the point that you almost kind of forget, hey, it's about Star-Lord. Is it about Star-Lord or is it about Rocket? Is it about Yondun? Is it about everybody? It's kind of hard to kind of stay focused. It's just all over the place. And once again, sequelitis. Everybody have to have their time in the sun and, you know. Yeah. But you just wish that the movie itself could stay focused on like a few characters. First to really stay engaged, you know, and, and ultimately it just really felt like it was just all these things going on and then you know it's all the the excuse well the only saving grace is that you have all this gorgeous psychedelic visuals to the point that i can yep. imagine somebody going into this thing not understand it a liquor what going there just say you know what i you know what i i try to care but i don't really care fuck it let's just get high and just watch you know psychedelic visuals just watch all this eye candy wow you know what i mean i don't really care yeah, no, yeah. about what's they, going they on some, they had some excellent sequences and that's just like there are a ton of these shots in the movie, like all of these, like basically, it's like, oh, this had to be my computer background now, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there were total a lot of wallpaper shots, I call them. Wallpaper, wallpaper shots. Wallpaper shots, yeah. And tons of them. But fortunately, yeah. what saves the movie is the characters and the actors playing the characters. If it wasn't for them, yeah. I would have just been watching this show. I'd just be like, I don't understand a single thing what's going on. I don't understand... Kurt Russell's get up. I don't understand what he's talking about here. Yes, he does a lot of exposition, you know, here or there, but still, it's like I just don't get. Just throw in all these crazy visuals, a lot of uh, humor, and I'll just laugh at this and just get high. But right, fortunately, yeah. because of the characters and the the actors play them, and to a lesser extent the story itself, because yes, you could complain about how the story is focused, but still, it's trying to say something. I have to give, I have to give credit to. James Gunn and you know the writers of this film for really you know for really still attempted to stay true to its team of family and friendship and all that kind of stuff at least it stayed true to that it just like because of the characters is going here there everywhere it just tends to just go all over the place but still it has this foundation and I'm glad that it still holds up throughout the entire movie so you know it's yeah. like well it kind of loses track well okay 
story-wise it loses track but the team is still there and it still kind of keeps everything grounded so i have to give credit you know for the movie for that um what else is there um the humor is still on point there are a lot of moments where you will where you will be laughing the action sequences are still on point there are some moments where it kind of treads on Saturday morning cartoon territory, but then you know, yeah, I, but that, that, give, that's that's service that service film though. I wouldn't really make I wouldn't really call that a huge negative though, because it is James right. Gunn, it is uh, Guys in Galaxy, it is about being wild and crazy and over the top. You know what I mean? So why not just have fun while doing so? So I can't say well. You know, it's too much of a Saturday morning cartoon with all these visuals and all these sight gags and all that kind of stuff. You, you can't expect that, you know what I mean? It's, there, there, are, there are moments where it kind of goes a little too far. There are a, a few moments where the jokes kind of run for too long, like this one scene where Star-Lord was supposed to get some tape. So it's like rocket yes, acid for tape. And I felt that that one just went on for far too long. Yeah, we get the point. Yeah. Come on, move on. You know what I mean? But yeah, still... Yeah, but still, I can't say that I hated the show. I mean, I, I actually enjoyed it a lot, but I just wish that I enjoyed it a lot more. It really was a little bit of a letdown. I would say safely right. say that, you know, the first one was way better just because of how focused it was in its story. It introduces characters and, of course, making us care about what's going on. But here, we do care about the characters and it's be really because we've seen them before, we love them. But I just felt that the story right. really could have um, done them we more service instead of just adding all these different things and just making everything seem kind of convoluted and like i say i, I know some right. people might go in and come out of it kind of enjoy the film but still kind of like yeah but i i kind of don't really really get what the story was about it wasn't really like you know basic or straightforward it's just a bunch of different things going on making it all convoluted right. and, but fortunately it kind of wraps up so you know it kind of wraps up in the end but still i wish that it wasn't all that convoluted and all over the place. Once again, sequelitis. Right. Yeah, um, for me, this was one of those that I, I look. I had a ton of fun in this movie, so I can't say I didn't have any fun. It was really funny. Again, I enjoyed the visuals. The action could have a little left to be desired. I thought the action was some of the action sequences were great and clever, especially some of the Yondu stuff and the arrow. I mean, you could never get fed up on that arrow. Of course, uh, there's but, this whole sequence dedicated to that boy, which right. was excellent. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, too long but and too the other, time, somebody, but still somebody, yeah, some of the other action sequences just didn't gel. Didn't yeah, I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as I get. The first film had some really, really clever action for me. I really enjoyed the set pieces and that. This one didn't really have that um, overall. It had this one sequence at the end with with <laughs> with um, Star Wars, which was hilarious, and I really didn't see it coming. It was so funny. I, wa I wanted to have they have more of that, a little more of it. Yeah. Um, involving a, a classic 80s video game character. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was really, really goddamn funny to me. Yeah. But uh, overall, overall, it just... Um, yeah, as I said, this one didn't gel, gel together. It didn't come together the way it should have. Um, I don't know what was the comparison I have, but I think, I think of it as probably like, again, typical sequel license, probably like the Raid and Raid 2. Like, ah, yes. it had bigger, but bigger, but not better. But exactly better as such. Yeah. Right. See, 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 um, see. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and I, and I also forgot to mention just... the, the, the music. I mean, the hits are there, right. but um, I wouldn't say um, there was like those particular songs like Hooked on a Feeling uh, that right. really stuck with you at the very, you know, you know after leaving the cinema. Like you heard a, a few right. songs that are familiar, but there were a few that um, I honestly never heard of. But I was glad that I was introduced to them through this movie 
So yes, I'm gonna be checking right. out their stuff, but still, there wasn't like you know those one two songs that were like earworms that just really stuck with me, like right. how you know the first movie did basically. Right. No, for me, right. So for me, um, the music was good, but it, it again because I won't say the edit is bad. Eh? It's just more because the f- story don't flow together very well. You don't really enjoy how it paces the music together. So like, okay, in Guardians One, to me that opening sequence with Star Lord like exploring this weird little cave with the music starting. That yeah. was like next to me. That was next to perfect and flawless. Whereas the opening sequence with this, while clever and very funny, um, just I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know if it's just I, because we got we got used to what to expect. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the issue is because well. yeah, I think the issue is because the visuals though, the, because the visuals are just all over the place. Though you can't help. It's like your your focus right. is like it's hard to focus on the music when you have just right. all these eye candy shots just hitting right. you one 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 shot after the other. It's it's kind of hard. Right. But yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and that's, that's much. Anyway, I'm gonna give my rating quick. Yeah, yeah. Please, uh, do, please do. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. Uh, boy, this a this a hard one, but it's it barely squeaks uh an IMAX, so it's a low IMAX. Um, right, only fair. because of the visual. Fair enough. Very low IMAX. Very low IMAX. Um, only because of the visuals. Um, it's because it's funny, but that just that script just didn't come together the way it should. And I, I, again, he he sacrificed script and plot for characters, and I kind of get why he did that. But and it have a lot of great emotional moments, but it just didn't stick to me because for me theme and character moments need to bleed from the plot, not 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 be subsidiary. And that was my problem. Yeah. The plot need to come first, and then you have to bleed, and then you have, you let that come out from the plot. It need to be relevant and logical, and a lot of the stuff just didn't feel logical. It just kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, but yeah, still pretty good. It's actually not that. High. It's actually pretty in the middle of the rung of MCU rankings overall. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it, but I, I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, well, I I personally felt the same way too. Um, I really wanted to, to 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 enjoy it as much as I did the first film. Um, I was just ex- really expecting to enjoy it just as much, if not as mo- um, if not more than the first one. But unfortunately, though, um, just once again because it was just trying to do so much in that story. Remind me a lot like how you know Matrix Reloaded and you know some of those other sequels yeah. are, where you want to be yeah. big, you want to be bold. I think I mentioned this before with um with another review, um, and then you want to bring in all these characters and then they have their different stories and all these different things and all these different themes. Yeah. But then the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, um, remember when the first movie was about this and now all of a sudden it's about all these yeah. different things and now we have uh, cool people uh, chasing these guys down and you know, I, I, with, no, but that's the thing. Eh? You know. It does, I mean, some people have the, the idea because it does separate itself almost entirely from the rest of the MCU. There's no mention of, of Infinity Gems or anything like that. Um, which is great actually. You know, they I, really, I'm glad that it right. could be. A lot of people actually thing. prefer that. A lot of people probably like the fact that it's it's its own thing now. It doesn't really have to connect to Infinity War. In fact, a lot of people kinda of really care about Infinity War and the whole Thanos thing at this point. Um, because it just you know really do anything. You know. So I don't know. Yeah. Um I've 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 encountered a good few people really defend this movie, saying it's much better than the first and four but they they give the reasons of just show what their biases are and what my biases are. My biases is towards narrative. Their biases is towards emotion and character, and so right. that's where. Well, well I mine think is one minus the narrative too as well. Eh? Right, yeah. exactly, and that's why I think um, this this film doesn't really gel together for me personally. Yeah. Um, narrative needs to take precedent, um, not not characters necessarily. Um, but you know, that's teachers own in that sense, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but but that's um, why I'm not really fight. I'm not really yeah. fighting your dong or good. It is not a hill I'm willing to die on. Um, I'll just give my that's just my opinion. 
about right, that. Cool, no problem. Um, so that's about. Yeah, but but yeah. for me though, I still had a blast with this one. I do see myself yeah. watching this again. Maybe not a third time, but I do see myself watching this a uh, second time. Maybe one day I might, yeah. you know, buy this thing on Blu-ray. I, I currently don't have the first one on Blu-ray. I want to, but I do see okay. myself, you know, buying this one um, when it does come out because just off the visuals alone. Um, yeah. But still, for me, I would just give this a decent four to five stars. I do recommend that you check it out as soon as. Um, yeah. But just don't go in expecting this thing to be you know, infinitely better than the first movie. It's not, it's a nice right. continuation of the stuff that we love from the first movie, but I just wish that um, the story was a lot more focused and okay, yes, you want to give a lot of you know, screen time for our our favorite characters and whatnot and give them their own stories and make them care and whatnot, yeah. but still you had to have this one you had to have focus, you have to have something for us to really state focus on instead of like five different things we're supposed to try to keep up with you know and unfortunately i felt that the film kind of bogged down because of that but still despite all that it's the same good uh, sorry guys of the galaxy goodness that we love from the first one it's yeah. here again so just for that reason alone oh yes and of course the gorgeous looking visuals yeah go yeah. see this on big screen go check it out on imax if you get the chance though but just once yeah, again yeah, yeah, don't yeah. go in expecting this thing to be any better than the first one but i'll just say this inclusive right. though in terms of like mcu sequels i would say this is like the second best the first one still is uh winter soldier but i'll put yeah. this as a number two and right i would actually put toward the dark world <laughs> as third because i actually enjoyed it way more than i know you did i, yeah, I actually the, enjoyed the, more the, expected the worst, no, okay so for but me iron man for me the worst... two definitely is, is the last and fourth one the last, right, yeah. yeah. Iron Man 3 is a movie that... Well, in, in many ways, Iron Man 3 is a movie I look at in the same with this one, where the core story and narrative stuff you didn't like, really care for, but because all these set pieces and humor was so great, you didn't care. Like, I remember really enjoying Iron Man 3, even though I... Because I, I, and I, I'm one of those that don't really give a shit about the Mandarin, so it didn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, like we say in closing, though, um, Galaxy Galaxy Volume 2, not as great as the first one, but still definitely worth checking out on big screen yeah right so with that being said yes ricardo wait before we do that we just have a couple hip-hop things to talk about so futures video for mask off came out <laughs> yes it did um, i saw it i just want to i just want to mention that it's goddamn stupid whatever um, I and then, shallow what's going on with joe button what's going on with joe button yeah he's pretty goddamn angry pissed off at the little yachty i think I was like, Why? just he, look up, look up, look at Little Yachty and Joe Budden. Right. Little Yachty and Joe Budden has this hilarious. Little, uh, Joe Budden is coming across like a complete douchebag in these videos, Dread. It's so funny just to see him take that shit so seriously. Um, it's a real weird generational gap, Dread. But it, it just look it up. I mean, Joe Budden, Joe Budden just melted down, Dread. So funny, Dread. Look, I, I know the man have his own personal demons to deal with. You know, he, he always addresses it in his um, albums, especially solo albums. But he just need to kind of stop taking shots at these youngsters. Like, yes, Lil Yachty and them, and Shine, and Lil Uzi Vert and those folks, they're popular right now. But, dude, you are Joe Budden, Dread. You are part of Slaughterhouse, Dread. You are known for yeah. great lyricism. You don't have to care about Lil Yachty. Let, 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 let Lil, um, Lil Yachty do his thing, Dread. You do your thing, but stop taking time from your busy schedule to go on Twitter or Imagine or, or whatever and complain about oh Lil Yachty this and yeah. Lil Uzi Vert that like come on you better than that no if you see 
if you see his relation, his behavior, and I just look up the, the debate, you can find it. It's, it's just them in a radio studio, I forget where it is. And it's a complete meltdown, and it's, it's like in the same level, maybe he was chasing down these kids who was, in, who was like come to his house and all kind of thing. Yes. That level of anger, dude. You might have like zero, zero tolerance for, for the youngest, the, this current generation of rappers and, and hip hop, hip hop fans, dude. Yeah. Might have a complete meltdown right now, dude. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. All right. So. so, Ricardo, where can we find you online, dude? You can find me uh, just type in my name on Facebook R I C R D M E D I D on Facebook. Just type in that, and then you can find me Ampasat R M E D D Y. That is at R M E D at R M E D D Y on Twitter. Then that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, you could also find me on Twitter. Just look for Legally Black MGB. MGB are in capital letters. You could also find me on Facebook. Just um, type my name, Matthew Bailey. And you could also look for Illegally Black Official Fanbase, the Facebook page where you see the link to this podcast here, as well as the others that I've done before, as well as the um, written ones that I've done, you know, over the years. And just in closing, before I forget, uh, there's a little bit of news here. I have finally joined the vidme, the vid.me, sorry, community. So, yes. yes. Finally, congratulations to me. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. So, um, SoundCloud, you won't see my stuff there now, unfortunately. There's a little shenanigans right. going on there. But um, basically, all the stuff that I've done, all the all the podcasts in this series here, I have uploaded in video format to VidMe. So, if you go to yeah. vid.me slash Legally Black, you'll see all the, 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 um, the podcasts that we've worked on over the past um, roughly two years. Yeah. Um, they're all in video format. You, um, all they know um, it's not segmented or anything like that. It's just a full thing from start to end. So by all means, check it out and don't forget to upvote and leave a comment or two. Let me know what you think about what we're doing here, man. Um, as for the SoundCloud, I, I don't want to just like cancel it and abandon it. So I was thinking maybe one day if I do like one of those riff tracks, you know, um, you know, like mystery science theater 3000 style maybe i could just put a link there you know for you guys to check out and download you know maybe when the time comes um right. on the subject of um time coming uh stuff to look forward to uh first of all we have um king arthur you know um guy Ritchie's right. return to, to to film with that king arthur film yeah. um legend yeah, of the alien sword covenant. Yeah. right alien covenant and just one thing that i yeah. want to do this uh, letting you, uh, letting you know this uh, um, one time too, Ricardo. I want to do a recap of the the the, the prior movies, man. Just World like Rock. what we did with um, nice. the Fast and Furious. Awesome. I want to recap all the Alien movies, including yeah, yeah, of course. AVPs, the two AVP movies, and that one yeah. movie that you don't like, Prometheus. Yes. <laughs> well, so. I'll tell you the Alien movies. That is not the only movie I don't like, but yeah, I, I know. I Prometheus know. was was a disappointment. Yeah, but um, um, I, I intend to recap all those movies before I even jump in, into Alien until... Um, right. Sorry, and then Alien Covenant. A movie, a mo- and then a movie I wanted to see, as always, hype for, is um, Lost City of Z. I'm going to make an effort to go see that. Right, right. Well, I'm not sure yeah. if I'll... I doubt I'll have the time to really check it out, but if you do, you know... You yeah, can I'll, 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 I'll make it Yeah, so you could talk about that in the next, um, in the next podcast here. Uh, also, in yep. regards to TV, I will be checking out Master of None season two. Like I said, I loved the first season, so I can't wait to see what um, what they do here with this one. And yep. also, there's a couple other things. Um, Star Wars, 40th anniversary, right. May 21st. 
So right. yes, folks, we did do a. Uh, I think it was like a, yes, it was a three and a half hour talk about um, about the Star Wars franchise. That was um, with our special guest Claude um, Lilford. That was our only time when Force Awakens came out, so we did a spoiler free and spoiler heavy review of that. But what I would like right. to do is just kind of acknowledge, you know, the 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 significance of that movie in terms of just not just you know pop culture, but just in our culture, in you know. In history, basically, yeah. and in film and all that, just to pay tribute to that. And slight little spoiler: we probably will be doing that within the same episode where we're going to be talking about Alien, because yes, right. Star Wars introduces new aspect of sci-fi and space opera, and then Alien come out with a new a new twist on it. Basically, it's like yeah, yeah, no Star Wars was alright, it was cool, it was cool, but right, check, right, out, right. check out the Alien, check out why I had a check out why I had an offer, and you know, look at the impact yeah, that Alien did, you know, basically. Yeah. Right. And, and then, uh, well, a couple other, couple other films as well. Wonder Woman coming at the end of the month. Um, so we'll talk about that, of course. Yes. Pirates of the Caribbean. I'll make the effort to go see, which I am mm. not excited for. I still haven't seen four. I'll go watch that when I find the time. Yeah. That, uh, that, that was what. That was just what I was about to say. Um, right. Yeah. So Pirates. Five watch is coming mom. out. So I will right. make the effort to rewatch the first four, so we could talk about the yeah. first four movies and. Yeah, it's just still hold up. I mean, I still love right. the first and one. Then, uh, the first one's a classic, but... Baywatch, how do the, the others look? The Baywatch, Baywatch movie's coming out, which seems to be in the same vein as uh, 21 Jump Street. Um, yeah. 22 Jump um, Street films. I... See what they're doing with that. I, 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 I can't guarantee for sure I'll check it out, but because my boy Dwayne Johnson is in it, could he right. could just be in anything right. and make it work, I'll, I'll, I'll probably give it a look. Right. Yeah. With a chance. And then The Mummy. The Mummy's an interesting little experiment that um, Universal seems to be doing. We don't know what they're going to do with that. Uh, they're trying to do these monsters. But, I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna do these monsters things. I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but whatever. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much about yeah. it, guys. So yeah, thanks for listening. First of all, and once again, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Machi Billy and Ricardo Medina, and we are signing out from another episode of BSB to Billy. So take care, guys. Until the next one. Peace. Take care. Yeah. Yeah. Later.